Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the new companions, a an Elder Scrolls online podcast uh, that is broadcasted every two weeks live on Twitch. Also goes out to iTunes and all the things, Spotify and everywhere else. So no matter where you're listening or you're watching, welcome to the cast. Today we are talking about Cyrodiil. We are talking about Cyrodiil with some awesome guests as well. We have Ruben. We have Rubenski, 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 Rubenski. Wow, I'm just going to say it the wrong way. I didn't say Sky. (laughs) Someone told me I have to remember it for Twitch. That's all that matters. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, We got Lord Zell. We have Gand the Impaler. Um, I'm just going to start off with Ruben very, very quickly. And we are talking about Cyrodiil in its entirety today. It's going to be very general conversation. Um, This is really our first proper uh, podcast focused on one specific area of PvP, I suppose. Um, and even then, it's quite big because it's Cyrodiil. Um, Ruben, what do you do? Because every, or not everyone will know what everyone does uh, on each podcast. But what do you do mainly in the game? What do you do? You, do you YouTube as well? Do you Twitch or what do you do? Um, well, I used to primarily focus on PvP. Like ninety-five percent of my content was PvP. Mm-hmm. I always said PvE was like going to the dentist. You don't want to, but you have to. You know, for the gear and stuff. <laughs> Well, <laughs> nowadays uh, I have been doing pretty much all of it, like PvE much more, because PvP isn't just as enjoyable anymore for me as it used to be. Okay. Oh, we can talk about that today. Um, Lord Zell, what do you get up to mainly in the game? All I really do is PvP. I've got about 6,000 hours in this game, and honestly, probably about like 55. Let's say like 5,700 are straight PvP. I've played on Magicka and Stam of every class in Cyrodiil for extensive hours besides um, the Necro. But all I really do, I just go into Cyrodiil and I just PvP pretty much 24-7. But uh, yeah, other than that, make videos. It's on YouTube under Lord Zelly as well, and I do live stream as well. But um, yeah, that's all I, all I stream, all I make contact for is just PvP. That's yeah, all I've yeah. ever really done in this game. So we got specifically small scale. Ah, right. Okay, and that's going to be yeah. great for when we talk about that later as well. And then we have Gan the 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 Impaler. Impaler. <laughs> that I Impaler. have spelled in a. Have I spelled that <laughs> wrong? I just think I've spelled that wrong, haven't I? There is no why. There is no why. I just I was just like he's paying. Who is he paying right now? I mean, <laughs> what is that about? It Impaler. makes it sound exotic. <laughs> I think I'm every fine. week I spell one person's <laughs> name wrong, and it's. Like, do you prefer impaler or i, I, you, I don't mind you don't mind I'm, i'll get rid of it like i'll that. change it so what do you do <laughs> oh. uh, i pay people <laughs> <laughs> exploit uh, i i pvp a lot um okay. i well I, I do pretty much everything in the game now mm-hmm. because i play it uh more casually than i ever have with work and stuff but uh primarily my interest is still mostly in and small scale and just zerg surfing around Cyrodiil, so big groups, I'll just jump around and kill whoever I can on the side of it. And, uh, yeah, I dip my, my toes in trials, so to speak, and then uh, mostly dungeons with friends all the time. Okay, so, so... everywhere. Kind of everywhere, kind of doing all the things. So these guys are all pretty experienced in the game mode. And actually, funnily enough, I'm probably the one who's the least experienced, uh, in all honesty. I mean, I've probably been playing the game the least amount of time. 
but I've had a lot of experience um, PvP-wise in uh, Guild Wars 2, Dark Age of Camelot, Warhammer Online, you know, um, Crowfall coming up in, in the future, and just tons of RVR. Like, I know it. I've, I fell in love with it years ago, even from, like, Planet Side 1 days. So it's like I've got a lot of experience in the general area of pvp and the pvp you know i shout casted pvp for years like professionally so it's something i'm very very obviously is is to my heart to my soul um but yeah we are having a very general conversation about uh Cyrodiil today and where i wanted to quickly start off with because there there were probably players there are probably people who are listening for the first time uh, and they're like, you know, I don't really know much about Cyrodiil. Like, what is it? When, what happens? We don't need to explain exactly what Cyrodiil is because that could take all day. Um, but I just wanted to know from each of you, I'm going to start with Ruben uh, very quickly on the, on the first point I've kind of got. Um, how new player, and this is going to go to all of you guys, I mean, you, and you can kind of jump in every so often, and if we've covered, covered it, uh, we'll just move on. How new player friendly do you think Cyrodiil actually is and that's a very open question do you think if you're a new player to ESO you know you're level 10 you want to go in you press L is it is it even that easy to even press L you know do you know what I mean I don't know no I don't think it's any more that new friendly because um dear to hope Cyrodiil plays um, the most people that are left now in Sourdough, in my opinion, are the very hardcore people, sort of very experienced people. And also in low-level PvP, people like to go in there and really, like, try arts. So you have, like, level 20, level 30 people there who are running around with gold gear, know exactly know what to do. And then if you come in there as a level 10, you probably have some shitty skills, um, bad gear, no good trades. You're going you're gonna to, like, instant kills. Um, I think it used to be really noob-friendly back in the day, but... Back then, everyone was also like noob in 2014, 15. And then mm. it's slightly, everyone become, became more experienced. That's fair enough to say. Uh, Zell and Gand, is there anything you want to you wanna add to that? Is there... Yeah, I, I, I agree with what Ruben said. Even the low 50 or the below 50 campaign that, well, you, you know, it was Blackwater Blade back then and they renamed it, renamed it. But the whole idea of it was for players that weren't at the level cap had a free place to go around in pvp instead of fighting these max level characters that have these uh monster sets and all of that so if you're like a level 30 you're running around fighting against players that do have all this gold gear that have all the right traits already at max level it was already kind of rough for you um and below 50 we don't have monster sets but like what ruben was saying we do have those people um we kind of call them uh twink builds they mm. run around on lobbies, but they do have all gold gear. They have gold weapons. They have like straight hardcore gear set up for them. And when they out level, they just delete their character and re- redo it again. I think Cerdo can still be noob friendly, mm. but don't go in there by yourself expecting to get lots of work done if you're if you're really new to the game. Um, I I don't want to encourage like large scale necessarily, but find yourself a group of friends to play with and eventually just learn the game together because if Cyrodiil is rough for you, uh, PvE is probably still a little bit rough for you as well because it's very mechanically strong and that's what a lot of people don't realize. Hmm. Um, some of the players you run into, like they just have standard mechanics, decent builds, and they get work done because of the mechanics. So it's all about mechanics. So if you're really new to the game in general, Cyrodiil is still going to be a little rough. 
down the line it'll still be rough for even like more intermediate players but for beginners just find yourself a group of friends and just try to have fun don't worry about getting good right off the back um you will run into people that will literally destroy you and they will derail your motivation mm. but honestly just just keep playing there's always someone out there that's going to be better than you fair points Gand, anything you want to add pretty much covered. i don't think so yeah. pretty much covered yeah. yeah no these guys are not wrong at all yeah no i agree with that i didn't that's interesting about mm. the uh under 50 campaign though i didn't know that oh yeah people do it in uh, bgs as well like that mm. yeah but that's that is that because of mmr though and they can never get a q pop i don't know <laughs> I, mean, I, I think no they just enjoy just stomping over everybody that's oh, right. okay. yeah. it i guess that's that's kind of the same in in a ton of games actually kickstarter made a, a good question in chat would you guys say it's best to gain experience for pvping in cyrodiil or battlegrounds battlegrounds is probably better to train in isn't it because you get that instant kind of action where you can yeah i'd, I'd do grinding uh, battlegrounds before cyrodiil for sure hmm. But it's really like totally different. Like battlegrounds, you have a lot more line of sighting in general, mm-hmm. and in Cyrodiil, it's like all open field. So, I mean, you do have rocks and trees here and then, but overall, and the situations are very different. Battlegrounds max is four, four, four. Cyrodiil, you can be one moment in a one versus three. Then you can be ten versus five. You know, it's that's what I personally also love about Cyrodiil. It's like the variety. Like every fight can be different. Uh, blind Seth. I mean, I don't know if you're being serious or trolling, but like, <laughs> I mean, uh, just said in chat, I don't even know how to yeah. enter Cyrodiil, but no, no crap. Like, I didn't either. Like, I actually didn't. When I started the game off, I was like, I really want to go into this RVR zone campaign and I want to go in and I don't know how to do it. I had to look up the keybind. Um, and I think it was just because I think I was before level 10 or whatever when it pops up. But I didn't I didn't know uh, at the time. But I think it's a lot easier now, probably. Uh, anyway, after embarrassing myself. Um... <laughs> people don't know how to get out either. <laughs> you see that oh in the zone god. chat all the time. How, how do you get out? And say oh what my is. god. <laughs> and then everyone is just a fucking troll, yeah. man. <laughs> They're like, press all F4. Yeah. Oh but the thing is when you log back in Go you're still the there <laughs> you're still there so you're still screwed um, yeah, <laughs> okay um so in Cyrodiil is and again this is kind of part and parcel of the last question i'll start with gand with this what is the absolute minimum a player should start off with in in Cyrodiil? you think you know level 10 you know you can you could probably jump in or is it kind of like Zell said it's like you're just gonna get wrecked is it worth like getting and this goes in part with the next question as well i'm gonna ask um what do you need to be prepared uh in for Cyrodiil, even at low level like what would what would you say is like one key thing you would need to to be prepared for it i know it's again that's a low probably, question probably just the attitude you've got to be ready to get and, but you have to learn from every time that you lose a fight, right? Too many people like go in, and it is overwhelming. Because in my opinion, this this touches on other subjects, but like the game doesn't do a great job. Like when you first start playing, to teach you uh, individual mechanics and what you can do, like what your limitations are. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need to learn that from failure and see, like, oh, I could I can do this. Like you learn things all the time, right? So I would say probably the biggest, the most important thing is that that will to keep going even though you're constantly losing like what are you learning from this fight that's how you're going to get better 
mm-hmm. but then also just have a build that you're going to be comfortable with doing that. If you're not going to have a build that you enjoy, like even halfway, you're going to hate all of your time because you're just losing and you're not enjoying what you're playing, right? So those are the two most important things. It sounds like super basic, but that's, my, in my opinion, what you need. The basic enjoyment. Is that what you reckon? Yeah. Honestly, it, it, it really is the mindset that you really need. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of something like more in-game specific, I would at least recommend to be, you know, level 15 to at least get two bars. Mm. Yeah. After, at <laughs> yeah. least like in-game wise. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, mindset wise, you really just need to have the mindset, kind of like what I was saying earlier, that you're always going to get into those rough fights. You're always going to get into those outnumbered fights. Honestly, you just got to keep pushing and just keep playing the game. If you if you enjoy it, you're going to enjoy it in the long run, regardless of what's going on. So, uh, yeah, uh, but level wise, more in game specific, I would just highly encourage people to at least be level 15 to at least have double bars. Like if you're if you're gonna be getting your butt kicked, might as well have both bars, right? Might as yeah. well be getting your butt kicked with like ten ten skills, hopefully. If so you have true. ten skills by then. Guess it's it sounds really basic, it sounds obvious to us, right? But you know, there's yeah. so many people that will be especially at the moment, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this now as well, other than a great suggestion from a viewer of ours. Um, was that people are getting into the game right right now and this will go out and people will listen to it. Um, and they will watch it, you know, a couple of hundred people at the very least. Um, and it's important that people, you know, especially new players, especially new players that are experienced in like RVR or whatever, um, have this kind of information. So it's very useful. Is there anything you want to add, Ruben, at all? Uh, well, I mean, regarding level, I always like to see level 20 because at level 50, you do unlock your second bar, but if you do level 20, you at least level it a little bit. But I also find it like difficult to give my opinion because I started playing in 2014. Mm-hmm. So even though I jumped into PvP without the worst boat ever out there, um, no one knew what the hell he was doing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. you really got this player environment where you have all those tryhards. And I can see <laughs> some people <laughs> going to like it when they, you know, get in a 10 first one and actually get their ass whoops. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. It's, it is difficult yeah. for... Yeah, I mean, I remember jumping into new games, especially like Guild Wars 2 at the start. I'm going to use it as a reference for myself. You know, everyone would just run to random keeps and random towers and just hammering the door down. Like, everyone was separated. There wasn't Zergs. There wasn't, like, Havoc squads. There wasn't a small-scale scene or roaming at all, you know. It was just, it was just like, you know, go somewhere, do some damage to something. It doesn't matter what build you are. Um, probably everyone was just, you know, DPS to kind of Zerk through everything. Um, to be honest, rather than anything survival-based. I think, you know, my, from my own point of view as well, and adding to what you all said, is that, is that PvP is all about surviving as well. It's, you know, if, if, you, if you can get some kills, that's cool. But if you die, you have to kind of restart everything all over again. And in Cyrodiil, it's very unforgiving because if you are very far on the other side of the map and you die, you will be repositioned somewhere completely on the back into your, where your home area, you know, where your alliance is. So I think, like, for True. me, like... Sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 go, 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 go. But um, I think for those kind of plays, like, if you knew, I always recommend go in a group, you know? Um, yeah, everyone's yeah. always complaining about Zerking, but if you're in a group of 24 players, mm. you aren't necessarily a Zerk, in my opinion. You can just be 24 players with the same objective. It's really when yeah. you, like, stack together and AoEs, that's, that could be Zerking. But if you're just 24 players, you say, let's go together, take Ash, 
everyone is just spread out. That, that's what I recommend to new players. Because if you then die, you can at least get resurrected, so someone can place a forward camp. It's just right. so much more forgiving than when you start out and you walk alone and then you die, and everyone just walks over your dead corpse, no one cares about you. <laughs> they do maybe slash dance, you know, and then they keep moving on. Yeah, just a little bit of a crouch. Yeah, yeah I... I... <laughs> I, I agree with Ruben on the same statement. Um, yeah. I think, but the only thing I will say is that I think death in Cyrodiil in general is actually very forgiving. You think it's like, very forgiving? They, yeah. There's, I don't think there's a lot of, I guess, like cons to actually dying besides stopping mm. in the fight. If mm. if you're across the map and you don't have anywhere to respawn if you do die and you, and the rest of your group is dead. Oh, well, then that's where that's where it's kind of like I guess you can say unforgiving because you got to yeah. run all the way back over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're in a large group and you're at a keep fight, you die. You're just gonna get resurrected and go die again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and you're not gonna get any any debuffs or anything like that when if you're dying over and over and over. Mm. As long as you keep resin, you come back at like a hundred percent. You don't come back at necessarily hundred percent like uh, attribute stat wise. Yeah, like because you know you res with like low low stam low low magicka. Yeah, and if you're a templar, you will they will res you with your full health. But um, I think it's actually very forgiving. The mm-hmm. only thing that people will really complain about dying wise is just having to run back to the objective or to the fight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. other than that, I think death in Cerdo is actually pretty forgiving. Okay. There's yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna downsides. You don't you don't lose experience, you don't lose yeah. weapons, you don't lose anything really. It's just oh zero HP, I'm out of the fight, got a res, bam, right back oh. into it. I I definitely yeah. agree, and which is why I was gonna continue talking. <laughs> oh, when I say when I say unforgiving, I mean if you're if you're just running like a DPS build, for example, and you don't run something like survival, like every single time I run uh, or have ever made a PvP build for like uh, Guild Wars 2 because I used to be a big build crafter. Um, it would always be, you know, it's always you can, you know, doing damage or performing a role, but also self survival. Um, so, you know, if new players want to jump in there and just go full ham DPS wise, I mean, it's obviously doable if you're running in like a group or whatever, but some kind of survivability. So, if you are in that situation when you're so far you know across the map or you're in fights and maybe you can kind of get out and survive and reposition and regroup with people is always nice um and i actually kind of like the fact that even though sometimes i feel a bit like you know i i died and i have to respawn over there it's like that's kind of my fault and you know i you know it's kind of the way it is it's it's okay um because otherwise you can and those forward camps are cool i like those Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I mean, I can see what you guys are saying as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, you guys are going to change my mind on a few things. I think um, <laughs> I'm not afraid to say I'm wrong. That's for sure. Um, okay, so okay, I'm just going to go straight on to elsewhere because the last question is kind of what the uh, something a little bit to do with the last. I mean. I oh, know I'm gonna actually going to ask this. Um, in terms of your focus for like generally crafting a build for like Cyrodiil, do you think there's something you should, whether or not it's for a new player or a vet? And that's very difficult because you know so many classes, there's so many different roles. If you're jumping into Cyrodiil, do you think survival is probably the one of the most important things? Do you think damage is the most important things? You know, tankiness. What's important, especially maybe in different things like you know in 
bigger, larger group fights and stuff like that, or if you're sieging, or is it different to PVE? I mean, obviously, I know the answer, but just as a question, like, would you go into Cyrodiil with a PVE build? No. Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Because um, if you don't have impenetrable, for example, you get melt already so fast. And in regards of build, what you would run like, that totally depends on what kind of playstyle you want to play in Cyrodiil, first of all. Mm-hmm. You want to be the guy who logs in alone, solo. Then I would personally, I like to go with a class with high movability then. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoy going on my Sorcerer personally, because then if I see that EP Zerk of 30 men who wants to try me, I, I at least can teleport away, you know, really fast. Um, but for group play or something like that, I like to run something totally different. So that question is really depending on what kind of role you want and what you like to play. Of course. But you, you mentioned, I mean, like you said, the port, again, is survivability, right? Getting in and out as fast as you can if you need to run away, even if you're running around. Well, so, like, right. if, if I'm on a like, Dragonite or anything like that, and I see, like, the wall EPs are coming, like, I can try to run, but I just see them coming closer and closer, and I know I'm dead, you know? And that is when you come back to the unforgiving part, like, respawn and run again. Yeah. So if I like yes. to, if, 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 let's say, Omeri Domain and EP are fighting on the other side of the map, and I had to run there all the way with my Dragonite and like 10 people are going to kill me. I don't want to run back constantly. With my Zerg, with my Sorcerer, I at least have movability that I can like streak a couple of times and then I can actually get away from that. Fair play. I would, I would definitely agree on the uh, mobility part. Like when um, Swift was a big thing before that got nerfed, mm. uh, mobility became a, a huge thing. You're literally able to run and drop a Dawnbreaker, kill a few people, and run back out. But on other terms, outside of mobility, survivability, you know, that covers a lot of different things. Mm. But um, one thing I will say, survivability can, like, a lot of a lot of max stat sets will help you out with survivability. Anything that adds to your actual overall healing, uh, anything like defensive sets, or even some sustained sets like uh like like Bone Pirate, for example, it gives mm. some good amount of regen and gives some good max uh stam. Sets like that I think are key, especially to newer players, because it gives a good sustain and it gives some max stam that actually adds to your tooltips. If people don't know that, the higher max stam you have still adds to tooltips. It's not just about weapon damage or uh spell damage. But um so the point that I'm trying to make is, is that if you don't have a, a good general idea of a build to run in, what I always highly encourage is get one damage set, but get a damage set that adds flat stats. That So outside of stuff like auto, automaton, um, like ward mating, for example, those add to specific areas of damage. But if you're adding something like even Huntings or Julianos, for example, they give you a flat stat. Mm-hmm. That gets added to to your healing as well. The higher healing you have, the more survivability you're going to have. So, on my Stampar, for example, I try to always run around with like 6k plus weapon damage. I'm just straight, I am deep into weapon damage. But because of how much weapon damage I have, my healing from my Vigor is really, really strong. So, I'm able to put out big damage and I'm able to survive because I'm able to line of sight, get strong Vigor ticks, and still have my rally up. So if you build for good max, uh, like, stats versus, like, proc sets, for example, like Calerions, mm. etc., uh, I think overall your experience is going to be better. With Calerions, yeah, you're going to have the insta damage. It's going to be nice. But in the long run, you want your extra max stat. You want to have stronger healing, 
you want to have stronger bursts and that's where all that stuff comes from like like uh like like ravager briar heart for example and uh burning spell weave sets like that magicka they usually stack more max uh magicka versus the spell damage because it's kind of hard to do it on or stacking spell damage versus weapon damage right but um sets like that so i highly encourage a set that improves actual stat and then getting a defensive set like fortified brass in preg anything like that while you're learning your class mm-hmm. or even a sustained set or a max stat set so something like uh hulking uh the new crafty just came out anything like that a necro anything that um gives you a higher uh resource pull yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything flat stat like stuff like spinners isn't going to add to your healing Mm-hmm. So everything like that will all cover survivability because your heals will be stronger. You have a bigger pool to work with. It's just in the long run, it's going to help you out a lot more. Yeah, it's all about resource management. That's just yeah. the ESO as well, really, I guess. And especially with mm-hmm. PvP, it's like if you haven't got resources, you're dead. Even if you've got high yep. HP, if you've got full health, you ain't got resources, you're done. doesn't matter. Yep. Um, okay, Gan, is there anything you want to add to that? No, that's pretty much uh, what I would have said too. It's uh, just yeah, max stats will round out your build better than anything else. Like for per line type of thing, like it's just uh, very dense in what it gives you compared to just uh, like for example, like uh, the example of automatons was very good. Like it looks strong and it is strong for what it does, but it doesn't affect everything else. So mm-hmm. no, I completely agree with what he said. Nice. Okay. Do you want to add something? No, no, I think I think that's. Yeah. I think Zoa. I think Zoa is gonna. He went. Um, if you if you do favor sets like Auto and War Maiden, anything that is like specific to physical damage or like that doesn't say it gives you flat spell damage. So anything that's like subcategorized, uh, like poison, flame, anything like that. If you do want to use anything like that, it's still fine. It's just I would highly recommend using like a max stat set or another damage set because I used to run Ravager and Auto. A long time ago, Ravager was giving me big heals, and Auto was giving me the consistent uh, high damage. But I ended up actually switching Auto out for something like Hunting's because the five piece of Hunting's, like mm. for example, it scales with minor brutality, scales with uh, major, scales with continuous attack, um, and it just gets bigger and bigger. So eventually, Hunting's down the line actually helped me a lot. But um, versus Auto because it adds to my healing. But I'm just saying, like, if you do want to use a set like that, at least get some another max stat set versus like a defensive set. At least you're healing. You're gonna have to high. make up for it elsewhere. Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because you're gonna lose a lot of healing from running auto versus hunting, for example. Cool. Okay, I love it. Good information. Really good. Even good information for me. You know. Okay, and talking about and uh, Gan brings up elsewhere. <laughs> What a good segue. I didn't want to make the joke. I was like, sorry, no. that's my job. That's my job. <laughs> I'm going to make the bad jokes here. Thanks um, for the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. We were talking about this before. Ruben's going to be the first one who just rage quits. Uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's never happened before. Um, okay, so, uh, and there's there's some interesting questions coming up in a bit, but um, specifically, obviously, uh, Elsewhere brought... And is bringing to console in case you're listening to this before uh, June fourth. Um, a couple of different changes, um, and I don't know if actually this is coming out on. I don't know if this is out on console now. These changes, or if it's actually coming out with elsewhere. I'm not too sure myself because I don't play console, um, and I haven't looked into it. 
but there's a few things that happened. Um, obviously, we have artifact weapons uh, now. The removal of IC, uh, Imperial C as well. Um, these these changes we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about. Um, but first of all, artifact weapons. Um, I'm going to say that I, I, I did do the intro quest where you get to kind of... And I know that might be a little bit of a spoiler for some people who haven't actually done it, but it doesn't matter because we're talking about them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I can't talk about anything. Um, it's very, it's quite cool. Like, you know, when you go in there and you grab the weapons and he's showing you them and, you know, I'm going to be very vague about it because I'm not going to say who, whatever, actually. Um, it feels quite fun. It feels quite powerful. You know, you're against some NPCs. There's some, you know, good animations. I actually noticed a lot of the animations are from the base game as well. Um, and it felt quite good. But, uh, I mean, I've played Cyrodiil a lot this week, even just off stream. I haven't seen one pop. It's not something I've witnessed yet. So I was thinking about this. I was like, have these guys witnessed this much? And they're in there, you know, a ton more than I am. And chat as well. If you want to, anyone in Twitch chat that's watching live right now, if anyone's witnessed it, you can obviously give your opinion as well. But, um... Zell, have you have you witnessed any of these artifact weapons yet? What was your experience when you came across I, them? I I've literally used one before. I, I I'll tell you this. Um, I have mixed opinions about it. But the can builds I, I can run, I ask you one question first? Sorry. Yeah, um, go for it. Go for it. Because I just realized that I'm saying artifact weapons, and no one probably knows what I'm even talking about. Maybe if they're a new player. Can you very, very quickly explain what an artifact weapon is and where it maybe appears? Like, what is the impact of it? What does it do? So, artifact weapons are... What's, what's the name of the one that we have in the games? Like, Volendrung or whatever? Vol- yeah. Yeah, right? Like it's, if I pronounce that wrong, sorry. Um, so, <laughs> an artifact weapon is a very special weapon that will spawn on the map. I don't know exactly how it spawns. Mm. I just know how how it works. And I don't know exactly where you pick it up. I know there's been times where you can pick it up at your, your way shrine gates. So not at a keep, but actual like at your home way shrines. Um, but so these weapons are obviously, you know, danger can be weapons, but they cost AP to use over time. So you have to keep killing people for you to actually go on and keep using the weapons. Um, these weapons provide special abilities that aren't on your skill bar before you only get these abilities while you're holding the weapon mm-hmm. and one quick thing to note is if you have like a stronger five piece on one bar and you lose a five piece bonus on the back bar if you pick it up if you pick up this weapon on your back bar you have your back bar stats versus your front bar stats uh... so if you if you have like a five piece of ravager for example on your back bar or on only your front bar but on your back bar uh, you're gonna lose the weapon damage bonus, so try to pick it up on the right bar before I continue. Um, Good point. So these stats that the weapon gives you itself, it put it pushes what everything to like forty two thousand, right? You get forty two thousand HP, stam, and magica. And so, it's yeah. almost yeah, it's almost like a mini mini version of Cyrodiil's Emperor. And mm. if you don't know what Emperor is, is once you capture the six keeps in the in the center ring around Imperial City. Your number one player on your alliance that has the highest points on the leaderboards gets amp bonus. So all of, they get a huge stat boost. They get adds to, to to recovery. 
to the siege bonus, all of that. Killing everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really strong. So it's a mini version of that. From what I was told from numerous people, the artifact weapons were kind of made to counter the imp. Um, I don't believe that because the same faction that has imp can literally have the weapon at the same time. I've been zerked down with the emperor and someone else in that group had the uh, artifact weapon. So mm. if you have emperorship, you're actually able to pick up the weapon. Unless like the artifact weapon actually drops very far away from that alliance i suppose yeah and drops true, maybe but, um, for the other two and maybe even drops twice in each area for the uh, both opposing alliances that's the only way i could really think it would possibly be a counter to it so originally the design of it and i'm pretty sure the implementation of it as well is that so volundrung is supposed to be um a kind of a it, I, I guess it's not necessarily a counter to it because Zelly brings up a good point that uh, was the misconception at the start that all oh, emperors can't get it, like it's the way to kill the emperor. But it was never really meant to be like that. Like whoever picks it up has that power, right? So there's, mm. there's, we don't care if it's the emperor that's picking it up. If he meant that, if he made that trek to go get it, then whatever, have fun, right? But the original design of it is like, for example, let's, let's say EP is pushing all the way to DC gates. DC has like the, the less keeps, the less population. There's a way a higher chance that it will spawn closer to your gates or even at your gates because it's supposed to be a tool to help push back. That's why it does so much damage to keep walls and stuff like right. that. So that's the design of it. So that's that's the intended. Does that it's ha- to push back? Do you yeah. know if that is what actually happens? Um, I know that it's very underwhelming uh, as like combat wise, like against players. But I know yeah. against keeps, it's very strong. So that part, I think, is, it might be a little. Bit I haven't used it myself yet to know, but I keep hearing that it's super ridiculously strong against keeps and very underwhelming against players. So probably just that more in line yeah. with each other. You nuke through the gates or walls or anything yeah. like no yeah. problem. Like was down in no time, but against players is not that great. Like the ultimate, yeah, that is useful, but it's also really like if you don't get the kills in you or don't really have any good way to heal yourself or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that can be very problematic. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. so so yeah, I mean, if you if you get it even your spawn and players are pushing you, then you're not gonna be able to push out because you can't, you haven't got that power to do it. So it's like you have to immediately try and, yeah. Okay, that's a little bit awkward, I suppose. So I mean, I guess it's still quite early, right? They can always make adjustments mm-hmm. and and change things quite. Oh early. yeah, the it's... first time we ever think about something like this in Cyrodiil, for sure. Yeah, so it's you. We can obviously, you know, it's very forgiving, especially. I mean, it just depends, like, how long will it take for them to change it? Because it, it's been sold as a kind of a feature, really. I mean, it's in the base. It's available base it game, though, isn't it? It's not a feature mm-hmm. of elsewhere. It's a, it's a base game. Thing. Yeah, it's a serial thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's just added with elsewhere. Right, so it's, um, but still, it's, I don't know even, even know if it's like a main feature, really. I guess it's on the same level as Emperor, but, but a little bit under, because it's not as, it's not like you get this crazy title or anything, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same as Emperor, as be, because it just doesn't make you that efficient in combat. Yeah. It only, yeah. It only makes you like a living bettering ram, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. how I would describe it. <laughs> Yeah, when when I was uh like testing it when I first picked it up, I literally had more damage on my Stamplar without the weapon than when I was using the the weapon. And at that, I had healing and everything better yeah, exactly. without the weapon. It's it's very lackluster. Exactly what Ruben said. It, you're a walking battering ram. 
And outside of that, um, the ultimate's pretty strong. The ultimate's great. Like for the big, it's like a big AOE, uh, like circle spinning attack. I don't know what we call it. It's like a little tornado looking thing. But um, <laughs> but it that hits hard. That that's what I saw. That was really nice. I saw a friend of mine get uh, hit by that, and he had it like 17k on his recap or something. That's insane. And it's a giant AOE. But other than that, it is pretty underwhelming. On NPCs, it was hitting for nothing, but it was taking down keep walls really fast. Uh, there was someone that named uh, Chapo on um, DC that picked it up. And just an example of how fast you can take keep walls down, I saw him run to uh, Ash. And I went to go take a resource. By the time I was done with the resource, they already flipped Ash. Like, the 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 walls were down and everything. Like, they took it in the same amount of time that I was taking just one resource by myself. So can you, so can you with, I mean, does anyone do this? I mean, is it, is it you just have it until you die or is it that you have it until for a certain specific time? I, I don't know, actually know. I didn't. Ooh, oh, we lost. Lost. Slow we last lost scan. Man. It's going to look off. <laughs> oh dear. It's okay. For now, we'll, yeah. we'll leave it. it hopefully he'll come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the weapon well. itself, like, you do have a like a like a bar. I haven't had it long enough to actually, I guess, die. Because when yeah. I was playing with it, I actually got DC'd from the game. Um, but um, once you do die, someone else can come and pick it up. But like, I don't know how long you actually have to uh, run around with the with it. All I know is that you need to keep killing players because it like absorbs a- AP or something like that. I didn't get to mess around with it too much. It was just a really short time, but it felt very underwhelming. Uh, just a quick note as well, if you are watching this on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, we are, uh, we've lost Gand. So when that happens, the cameras get um, bigger and obviously there's a little bit of changing I have to do. But if he comes back, I'd have to change it back. So I'm not going to change the cameras right now because that would just be... We can just uh, change our position to fix it. Of positions. So yeah, that's right. I'll go like, over here. Hi, you can see. <laughs> but we're just gonna continue um, while it's going on. Anyway, you're listening to us anyway, so it's fine. Uh, if it's like ten minutes or so, I will start to arrange them. But I don't know where he is. Hopefully, he's all right. Kind of, since since it's kind of like this is kind of like a like slightly off topic. Uh, one thing I did do, Jabril, for uh, yeah. from my podcast is I had an extra scene that had just three camps set up already. So if someone did DC, I would just switch the scene over so it would fix itself. Okay, what I now. could like, do that, that's what I ended up doing. What I could do is just put this yeah. on, I guess. Just have this screen just for now. Uh... <laughs> Just so it's something. Oh no, that's that, that, yeah, perfect. As well. I guess we can do this. You grow as like a sad Gant text in our Discord chats, like Gant question mark. Oh god, effort. Uh, it's okay. We're still yeah, we need some apps in chat. <laughs> we'll get him back. We'll try to anyway. Um, we will continue though. We will continue. So generally, um, I mean, what what's your? Have you been able to use this, Ruben? much at all have you been able to use the well the thing is i like to use it but like like already said um there is no real point in picking it up especially when you are like so you just you aren't efficient in combat so for me personally the only reason when i would pick it up is when i would do group pvp right but i don't do group pvp that much anymore either so it's just so bad in combat 
except for the ultimate so i did enjoy like playing it for the effects for like two or three times but then i was already like meh i i expected something like really brutal to be honest you know i don't know because it was promoted like uh you have to kill players to feed weapon well i personally was expecting which weapon i expected it to be powerful but that you really like had to feed it like really kill someone within one or two minutes and I would slowly start to damage you already. Like the Chaos Ball, something like that time of time fragment. That's what I was expecting to really like uh, destroy you. But it didn't really feel like something that was eating me, you know? It was... It, it, overall, I think it's very underwhelming. Yeah, agreed. It's like if... It's at the point to where it's so underwhelming that if I see it spawn on the map, I'm not going to go pick it up. Yeah, exactly. I'm not if it, care for it. It's just if it would spawn next to me, it would be nah. You know? Uh, yeah, I would look at it and just be like, nah, and you literally just walk <laughs> away, just like you would, man. Yeah, exactly. Unless I really want to like help a friend get amp, I'd pick it up then. Or maybe if I want to go flag and keep, because because my group wants to fight a big zerg or something, that's the only benefit I'd see it having. But outside of that, I I I would even look at it. Just very yeah. Okay, looks like we're not going back for now, so we'll just leave it as it is. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of a fix-up as we talk, so I'm going to mm-hmm. leave you guys with a slide for a second to talk about as well. Uh, okay. It always happens, no matter how much you prepare, there's always something happening. I know, this hasn't happened, happened before, <laughs> and Zell, Zell's right as well. There's, there's definitely a way yeah. to do this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of taking care of it, because apparently everyone wants to see your faces. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, but you know, they, apparently they, like orcs. they like to watch my orc face. You're off. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's, enough, that, it's that giant uh mug you got, man. Yeah, it's a <laughs> mug, it's great, man. I always just fill it and I don't have to walk downstairs anymore to refill. Oh, yeah, I remember. Seeing I, need, that. I need to give me something like that. That's, That's great. Yeah. People love it. <laughs> okay, right. So uh, next question as well, um, and maybe if I can think anything about. So, what what do you think could be? Okay, there you go. So, there's there's a theory. What do you think could be done to make the artifact weapon more? Is it simply just make it so it can do more damage against players? Is that just a? Is just is that an easy fix? Is that the easy thing that can be done, or is there anything else? Is there ways that you guys would change it specifically? Uh, starting with Zoe, you can go for it. Mm. Pressure, it's on the pressure. I'm thinking, I I really want to say damage increase overall on the weapon, right? But or even a heal. I think a heal, a self heal, would even be nice. But then again, if you're running around with this weapon, you probably have a group with you already healing you. So, but tooltip wise, I was looking at the tooltips, and it was like I was saying, it was lackluster damage. The only thing that really hit hard was the ultimate maybe if they scaled the rest of the abilities to actually be more useful and if not have an increase of damage give it like some sort of like rare debuff that only applies with the weapon like i don't know not necessarily like a root or snare we have plenty of those in Cyrodiil, but maybe like minor vulnerability or something like that you know more of the rare debuffs that aren't used too much even though minor vulnerability got what they got given to nightblade with this patch right with uh, ambush or something like that, mm-hmm. um, or or his mark, or it was it was something like that. I didn't really see, but um, 
I think if they just had it to where the damage help in some way, shape, or form, or just give us like a really unique stat buff, because we do get the big pulls of 40k of the three stats, but um, <laughs> it's not enough. It, it's really underwhelming. I'm, I was hitting NPCs with this weapon for like 11k like attacks uh it's just like dude like my jab channel without this weapon is like literally hitting these npcs sometimes for maybe like like 20 30k in one second it's just very underwhelming i also don't like um how the weapon performs like it was really brought to us as like a daedric artifact you know mm-hmm. it is like eating you you have to feed it um maybe i'm just i'm just saying something random like thinking outside of the box but what could be cool, perhaps, is that if you don't feed a weapon, like, every two minutes or so, there's maybe a stage, it will do more damage to you, but the weapon also becomes more stronger because it wants to, like, it, it needs to be fed, you know? So something like a really mm. cool future, like, that would be pretty cool, in my opinion. And you it know? can only be fed by players. Like yeah, you have to I feed can... it, but let's say if you don't feed it, it, will, it, it starts eating you, but the weapon wants to be fed, so it's also performs better, it does more damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you become more vulnerable, yeah, yeah. but maybe also are capable of doing more damage. Okay. It, like it's just that. something like, like yeah. That. that makes sense. It, it, like because that. the thing is now, I mean, is the so if you if you destroy a keep wall or a gate, you don't that's not feeding it, right? That's not feeding it. Feeding it. No. So the main reason if the main way to keep it Okay, so yeah, it's really counterintuitive to what it's supposed to be doing right now then. Okay, that makes sense. Because it's like, yeah. if you can't do the damage to the players, you can't even feed the thing so you can continue to use it. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't do feel like you need to feed it either. Like, I didn't really find oh. anything that, that I was like, oh shit, I'm dying, you know, the weapon is starting to eat me or anything. Mm-hmm. And like like Zili already said a couple of times, like, why would you even pick it up? It's just, You're just... There is no need. You do more damage without a weapon against NPCs and anything like that. Right. Okay. Um, hammering down every key wall gets quite boring as well. Yeah. I corgi's butt. You can see just in the bottom of my camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just got his butt randomly there. Anyway. Yeah. Good points. Actually, completely. I mean, it would be cool. Like just some animations or even some sounds, maybe that can just. Just make that experience maybe a little bit better as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So there's there's a fair bit to do for the artifacts, and maybe you know it's it's a kind of a new feature which is cool as well that they can they're hopefully working on to uh, increase and change and alter a little bit here and there. I guess I guess changing things like that wouldn't really be something they could do. They could start doing obviously, but until console release happens. Uh, I guess they kind of have to wait for a lot of that. But I think the obvious thing is you know it doesn't really do that much damage. Um, doesn't feel as if you know not feeding it feeding it um actually has any impact on you as a player or your team or anything like that so no like some people said in the chat it's being used for emperor runs like for stuff or like that with a good group but that is pretty much it yeah i I was kind of disappointed with it to be honest because we haven't really seen any changes to cyrodiil or anything in like years Mm. and this was the first thing like that finally even just such a small thing still, it, it was something different, and now it's just totally not living up to um, the expectations. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. that's Yeah, that's not the nicest feeling in the world, especially if you just main that mode. 
and then the one thing like you say and it in it's you know it could be something which could really impact Cyrodiil right I mean it could you could if it was if it was impactful literally I mean it's you know versus players is about you know it's not impactful it doesn't smash faces that's what you want it to do and and then yeah then it's just kind of like a wet paper towel effect yep unfortunately okay that that is a kind of crappy feeling in all honesty and you you want to avoid those feelings where you can so hopefully they can change something um with that quite quickly and then and then again this kind of leads on to you know how maybe um Citadel players feel and, and i don't want to get too salty obviously because you know we we can probably go into that quite heavily um, um there is no point. There, People there is are no already point. probably be doing it's, it for exactly, years. So exactly. most, most of our salt is already out of the system. I, 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 already, <laughs> I even wrote this in the notes. Um, but uh, I see um, not being in Cyrodiil. Do you guys miss it? Do you want to bring it back? Is there any point in having it there at all? Do you, Does it matter that it's not there anymore? Is it good that they removed it? Just as a little, as a little extra well, thing. Well, personally, I'm what I've thing. seen, like, um, Imperial City, it, it was already pretty much dead. It was muy, muy, blah, sorry. mainly used for gold farming, tower stone farming. Um, and the main difference, what you now have is everyone wants to farm tower stones in a CP campaign mm-hmm. because there you have champion points mm-hmm. and the NPCs are just as strong in CP as they are in non-CP. And now it's just that all the farmers from all the four servers are now together in one Imperial City. I actually played it the other day. It was a bit more compet- competitive, and I actually did enjoy it more. But it's still not. Um, it's still not at the levels of the old day, old days where there was really like people all the time in the sewers and districts. Uh, now it's really like again the twelve man Russian raid Zerg running around that Zerg's everything down in his path. But personally, I did enjoy it a little bit more because there was just more life. <laughs> So, from my experience, at least, I didn't see a big uh, population boost to uh, IC. I did see quite a few fights in the beginning, but I also think it's a little bit too early to really determine because a lot Mm. of people were actually still leveling Necro, and some people are barely leveling their Necro. I haven't finished leveling mine, Um, but I think it's still very early. From what I've watched from other streams, because I do like to lurk on a bunch of my other friends' uh, streams, you know, mainly the PvPers, and some they, they they get more fights from what I've seen. Like it is popped a little bit more, but I don't think it's really what people were expecting. I haven't seen a single Zerg like actually in IC myself or on anyone else's stream. It just gets to the point again to where they cap flags. You know, a flag takes like a whole minute to flip, and it just becomes dead again. Like shortly after, like you get one good fight, and all of a sudden, that's it. I think you're right, though. You make a good point. Like maybe people are, and and I think you know, especially if there are new, there is so many new players, right? As well, mm-hmm. like I see, hasn't really been something other than the event that we had. Was it just before Christmas? <laughs> you mean the double telephone? Yeah. All that. Even with the double tell for the last days, it was just the last couple of hardcore farms. Even that wasn't enough to... It was like the first two days, like, really popping. But even at the end of the double tell for a it was just farmers. I was in there. I was having some good fun in there. 
Oh, well, NA. Yeah, NA like, did you play the last days of the event too? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. See you, I played like later in it because I didn't even really know what it was. <laughs> I, I kind of just went in there because I was like, it's a good excuse. It wasn't, it wasn't big fights. I'll say that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, 2v2v2. Um, yeah. It wasn't, and it was more like us guys. So that's obviously not very big. It was fun, mm-hmm. um, but it was very small. Um, and I don't know what the maximum size of that instance is, in all honesty. I, I have no idea either. But um, uh, you said um, a lot of new players are not in Imperial City like you, bro, and they are like um, leveling I think I've got no idea what it is. Like, I, Didn't you like, say that? Like, uh, well, I mean, n- not many new players would know what it is. Like, if people were starting no, with us, I don't think they will overall stay either in Imperial City. Right, right, right. Because then we come back to the PvP discussion with like um, a competitive place, and Imperial City is like really competitive. Uh, most players you're going to oh, see yeah. in Imperial City are like hardcore PvPers, and they will run mm-hmm. Imperial Physics set, which makes them like mini emperors. Um, you, you pretty much have to run that set because like 70% there uses it. So, yeah, the other day I was walking through the sewers. I saw like a CP 160, 200 grinding here and there. Uh, sometimes I kill them, sometimes I let them go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I saw you in there. It, yeah. it literally feels like a, a private server almost, where like, it's like you go and run your own like third party server and mm. you just have people join and then people leave and nothing really significant happens. Um kinda still on the same topic. There's no motivation to really even be in IC besides Telvar, and at that there's not much to really buy with Telvar that people want. Yep. Um I think that even with like double Telvar events, I don't think that's enough to actually get people interested in the DLC itself. Mm-hmm. because you know it, it's bought content but why would you buy content that actually doesn't have content mm. there's no real motivation i see died for a reason the pvp disappeared for a reason mm. because no one was there no one wanted to really grind telvar there's nothing to really buy that people wanted inside imperial city so i was thinking even like a merchant overhaul or add more sets mm. add more even even like furniture anything like that add more stuff into ic to motivate players to go back in there mm. farm for motifs to farm for for everything you know yeah and just go and do that i was even thinking like for the people that don't even like because you know us pvpers we have to pve to get some of these nice of pvp sets yeah. you know and that's what a lot of people don't realize like uh pveers will talk about like oh, i don't want to go into pvp because i gotta level up my skills <laughs> but we gotta go in pve that some of us don't like or care for to get our pvp sets but kind and of, of them we all maybe, maybe even give us that's a true. way to like buy some of the dungeon sets with like imperial city it might be a little bit out of lore yeah but i yeah. mean just a different way to get gear it'll really motivate people to go in there instead of going into dungeons or like it is a PVE PVP zone, so maybe more PVEers will even show up to grind Telvar to, so they don't have to go and like get the other sets, you know. Yeah. We just need motivation for players to actually get up in there. 
that's it right i mean that's the mmo i mean everyone's in it for the rewards mm. it doesn't matter if you pve or pvp mm -hmm. i mean there is a reward in the good fights and obviously that's nice to have but you want something shiny to show for that i mean that's just yeah. generally most players and and you know it's it's kind of a shame that it's almost like that but it's just it is something extra you know a skin something you can and for general public wise like i'm talking personally for me i just enjoy the fighting stuff I just, you know, the killing, the the achievement or whatever. But generally, I think most people just want the reward as well. And they will get better to get that reward. So like you said, you know, I mean, if, if there was something unique for IC, but then it's about whether or not, you know, that becomes then the popular thing just because of the reward. So it's like, how do you even mm -hmm. that out? And then you've got IC, and then you've got Battlegrounds, and you've got Cyrodiil, and you've got, like, these three different kind of PvE modes. PvP modes, sorry. Um pvp pve mode um and then you're splitting people even further so it's quite difficult um okay i'm gonna uh, just uh just a quick one is there anything you guys want to add about ic at all or Being sorry moved what did you say the well just then sorry you said is there anything you want to and then add, uh, add, sorry ads oh, okay. uh, for IC or anything like that or because it's not really serial but I just thought I'd mention it because it was removed well, I, I agree with Lord Zelly there should be more incentives the only reason people go there is farm tower stones buy alchemy bags make gold that's it mm -hmm. but with gold we cannot get our bone pirate or whatever set you want to get right I mean right. with AP you can buy jewelry or something like that but even then you if you have to wait weeks for one set you're probably going to grind because you want to you want to progress further. You want to get ASAP. It's fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so we've talked about IC, and obviously this is something that is always thought about and always mentioned. Um, but I don't know, and and I don't know whether or not this has changed massively because I was playing Cyrodiil last night. I made it a point to play it on stream because I wanted to see whether or not this was the case still. Uh, and is is obviously a bit of a sore subject, but lag since elsewhere and the removal of ic and zel <laughs> okay so so um for anyone else that is uh new to cyrodiil and everything else um or if you're watching the podcast or you're listening to it somewhere else and you're interested in this mode as well the mode is great um but is well known for having lag now rvr in general in games in every single game I've ever played, has issues with lag. It's just the amount of animations, the amount of players, the amount of stuff that's going on on your screen at any one time, with the amount of different PCs and configurations you've got, is very difficult to make that happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's Camelot Unchained right now who can who boasts a certain amount of hundred players on your screen. Um, and it doesn't lag guarantee that releases that's not going to happen you mm -hmm. know there's there's almost you know there's things like collision there's you know the increased lag there's all this other stuff um and it, it's so difficult to manage so i just want to preempt this with my own experience of playing so many different rvr games elder scrolls is actually not the worst ever and there is definitely what games out there that are worse off in terms of their lag. But it is very... But with how Elder Scrolls is so skill-heavy and in terms of uh, things like breaking free, so you can actually get out of stuns and things like that, um, abilities that, you know, if you want to dodge something, if you want to block something, if there's lag, like, and 
you know if you block something or if you don't block something you could die you know it's it's as simple as that if you can't break free if you can't pop off an aoe heal and that it's so important because you can die so quickly in here so uh in Cyrodiil because and I had this experience last night I couldn't pop off my healing spring and there was only 10 of us in front of a keep like with five or six people running out um and it was quite frustrating so I'm thinking that with the removal of IC and even post and kind of elsewhere on PC lag issues haven't changed too much or have they <laughs> Got him so, worse. Got him worse. From, yeah, from my personal experience about lag is in general, it, it, it's it's obviously really frustrating. Small small things like lag. Well, actually, no, big things like lag will really take away the whole mechanics from the game because everything is mm. you know essentially laggy. Skills will go off seconds later, or they won't go off at all. Heals won't go off, yeah. like you were saying. If your heal isn't going off, you're dead. Like mm-hmm. it just there's just things that are mechanic breaking and that's that goes into life. With the removal of IC, I honestly don't know what they expected. We all know IC was dead before, regardless. Mm. What is removing like a few players gonna really do for the server, you know? Like you were saying, you were outside of keep, uh with maybe what ten ten people on your side, maybe yeah, six I of mean, the, the enemy by the keep spot, and yeah. you're just lagging hardcore but it wasn't even my movement it was just the skill just like skills, it was the yeah. aoe the aoe circle placement wouldn't i wouldn't get the circle and it mm-hmm. was that was it like i could all the action was happening on my screen but i couldn't that mug is ridiculous uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> thank you man. i like Christ. it <laughs> all right sorry ruben's got mm-hmm. ruben has a massive mug um <laughs> take that how you will um sorry i had to get that joke in there Uh, and but yeah it was it was not it was not fun sorry carry on your points out just to just um one thing i did see recently from other people's streams though that i that i will say and you know from personal experience again of course because i do pvp pretty often yeah of course yeah lag lag of course is still there mainly during prime time Mm. I but even then I was watching someone stream and they were leading a big 24 man group and there was no lag actually going on in the fight there literally it was a three way faction fight and blue even had the the artifact you know artifact does bring mm. attention to you even though it kind of feels a little underwhelming um and I was watching the combat the frames were like 30 20 you know that's a kind of expected in those giant fights yeah but there's no lag like I was watching yeah. it, and even even the streamer was like, "Yo, that was one of the cleanest and smoothest fights I've had, um, large scale wise, like ever." And I I'm not a big fan of large scale because sometimes you know it does feel unplayable. I'm not a big fan of large scale, but I tell you this: if I was ever interested in it, that it was that specific that stream where All I right. was like, "Yo, this is awesome. This is literally." what Cyrodiil was meant to be, how they mm. hyped it up. Just three giant armies just fighting consistently, and it was awesome. I've had that experience <laughs> as well. It's, been, like, it's true. This was the experience. Like, <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. But like, it's rare. But oh, lag is still there during prime time, but there are oh. great moments where it just doesn't exist for some reason. I mean, we used to have like lag in 2014 when the game was subscription-based as well, but then we literally had like hundreds versus hundreds versus hundreds, and I was like... 
you know, I totally understand that there are these massive fights. But nowadays you already get like lag. It, it even starts during midday already here on Europe. We start to see lag. And on top of that, it is for me personally is um, that every patch, it felt like it got worse. You know, mm. instead of seeing improvement, you know, if I would see improvement, I would uh, be very positive and I try to be. But now four or five years later and it's just gotten worse. Um, population in Cyril has been significantly reduced. Like, I see nowhere near as big fights as we used to be, and the lag has just gotten worse, you know. So that is, for me personally, the thing that I just um, don't have a lot of hope that it's going to become better. That That is the main thing, you know. i kind of given up hope for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben's given up hope. Yeah. 100%, I, I, I agree again with, uh, with Ruben. I, you know, from being in the the PvP community, getting to know everybody, the biggest mm. complaint was literally lag, and that was the reason why so many great players were leaving the game. And yeah, they may not be like quantity wise, we, we were already losing people, but we weren't just losing the qual the the quantity players; we were losing the quality players as well. Mm. We were losing like streamers, uh, content creators, so many people. Even I made a video a while back for, for my YouTube and I was like, yo, I'm putting down ESO. I, I can't take it anymore. The lag is just too frustrating. The frame drop is just too frustrating. I'm going to take a break and see if I enjoy it again if I come back. And I do now. I really do like it after my break. But so many people are leaving the game because of lag. Like, like specifically. Cyrodiil just... specifically. Just in yeah, case you're yes. listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Cyrodiil <laughs> specifically, guys. Yeah. And this is for the PvPers. Uh, you go into a stream. I'm gonna tell you this. Go watch someone that is PvPing in Cerdo. You're gonna hear multiple complaints of like, mm. you, you're gonna hear I my did. skill isn't going off. You're gonna hear people like, bro, why can't I heal? You hear that in my stream. Yeah. You hear that in like yeah. a lot of people's PvP streams. That was me. It's, last night. it's there consistently, man. Yeah, that was me last the night. thing is also like. Um, you know, some people say go to battlegrounds, but battlegrounds are only like fun for a few times. Um, there is no variety in battlegrounds, and on top of that, if you're gonna do a couple of battlegrounds, you're gonna be having higher MMR, so you're only gonna be facing like premium battlegrounds or like it's all healing. It is like so incredibly boring. Like higher end battlegrounds. I mean, uh, I mean, the argument it, it about really that, boring. the amount, the argument about that is, is the battlegrounds of Cyrodiil are completely different. They're yeah, just different I know, but even then, people are like, you know, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And what Lord Zelly said, by the way, about people like leaving the game, I agree 100% if I look to like, um, I used to do a lot of like small skill PvP, like four man groups and do your PvP. I have no friends, you know. I already used to be friendless IRL, but now I don't even have friends to play with in Sardo anymore. <laughs> Aww, <Ruben. laughs> That's so sad. That is sad. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's when, a, we're your friends, of... don't worry. We'll be your friends, won't we, Zar? Thank you. Kind of on the same topic, um, <laughs> guilds are leaving. Like, it's literally not just singular players, man. Like, um, I ran an older guild back in the day, and it was called Knights of Tellius, and we got stuff done. I'm going to tell you this the core group of that guild, that was all about small scale to like wipe Zergs, they're yeah. gone. Really... Pretty much every single one of them, besides like two of them, out of the twenty that we really played with, like not all together at once, but like different groups, so yeah. they all quit. They just have no like... interest in the PvP because they feel like 
uh the developers just like don't don't care for like this is our first yeah well this is anything for cyrodiil in a long long time they added an artifact that's the problem that's underwhelming oh that's the problem okay i'm gonna hit and with i that's the nerve hit (laughs) that's the nerve hit but i mean i mean that's the thing and it it, and it is important it is important um i feel like almost i almost feel like i feel sorry for them because i know that i know because i've spoken to devs and i've been to studios and i know how they've literally just they're at a point like different i'm not talking about zos because i've not been there um where you know it's almost like trying to find that those issues and it could be like the coding it could be like something that's just come in with a patch that's changing something else you know necro is new animations whether or not that's overloading things even more um you know different loads of different things that can affect this this mode and it almost feels like you know um whether or not you can reduce graphical settings or animations or something something to such a basic degree or skins or so i mean there's something uh that guild wars 2 actually did um which was quite effective and it was to change player skins everyone other than yourself to a very standard skin so it doesn't have to load different skins um and obviously i'm not a programmer i'm not a dev i have no idea how that would impact it but it was actually something which really improved um the experience so if you think about it if you've got standardized skins everyone's just wearing exactly the same armor or there's a there's a light armor variant, a medium armor variant, and a heavy armor variant, um, and that's just one skin. When they put that system in, and that was an option for the player, that wasn't something that was put in specifically for everyone. It wasn't forced. If that was actually an, an option, it was something that actually improved it vastly, um, and was something you know I was wondering whether or not has been tried, and I've not got the opportunity to speak to anyone like Rich or anyone like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there are definitely options. I think the frustration is warranted um, uh, in the most respectful way possible that is meant. Because it's, you know, you want you want your mode to work. That's that's It's as simple as that, right? You want it to function. You want it to work. So you can have that base level fun and then move on and then, you know, build on that base. Because if you just keep throwing stuff on top, it's inevitably just going to break even further. Um I think we're going to move on from that. I think inevitably we can all agree. And I think anyone who's listening to this is, is like, lag is bad, people. We don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm probably just going to move on to be fair. Um, I was watching, I've watched a few videos um, and I actually watched a little bit of your, I, I only got to watch a little bit of your previous podcast. So there was an interesting uh, point, which, you know, that added to my first part and this is roles pvp roles in cyrodiil um and this is something that is very you know very much the case in bgs as well in all honesty and battlegrounds which is the uh, instance pvp free free uh teams versus each other of four um in case you again people don't know for whoever's watching or listening um it feels like you can be a damage dealer, a tank, and a healer all in one. And it's quite frustrating when someone won't die, uh, basically. Um, and it feels almost like, I don't know, is that a good thing? Do you think there should be more defined roles? Do you think that, you know, it's fine the way it is? You should be able to build how you want to build, you know? You should be that way. 
Um, but it also kind of feels to me a lot of the time most people just kind of build. It feels like it's like when you're in PvE, right? If you're a damage dealer, you should just deal damage. Like if you've if you've gone that way, you shouldn't be able to survive. That is, that should just be the way it is. If you're a tanky player, you've got survivability. You can take damage, um, but you shouldn't be able to kill someone necessarily. Maybe kill them, but not like you know do ridiculous burst damage. Um, if you're a healer, you should be able to, you should be healing. You shouldn't necessarily just be able to. I mean, you know, debuffing your target. I suppose in ESO a little bit more. If you are focused mainly on healing, you're not going to be doing that much damage, but you can still pull off some something. You guys feel there should be more defined roles in Cyrodiil, or do you think you know that it's fine the way it is? I'm I'm really mixed on it. Mm. Um, man, this specific conversation could go on for a long time. I mean, just you, you can you uh, can just, yeah, just I'll, like, yeah, give you a couple, it, give you a couple um, of minutes. <laughs> I feel like the roles right now are kind of useless unless you really s- specify what you're doing. Yeah. Um, just an example, heavy armor DKs right now. Just You could just run around in two damage sets wearing heavy armor, have insane healing, and stupidly strong damage. And then with the healing stacked with heavy armor, you get more resist, you get more healing added. It's just you, you become essentially all three roles. You become a damage dealer. You become a healer. A healer as in not necessarily healing others unless you're like stacking vigors, but you're really healing yourself. You're getting giant boost of healing on DK already. But kind of like what I was saying earlier, when you stack like stuff like weapon damage, it adds to your healing as well. And the fact that there's these heavy armor sets that give more damage than some medium armor sets. And keep in mind, medium armor is supposed to be the damage dealer um like armor uh like i guess weight yeah you get more crit you get more passive weapon damage from from medium armor passes versus heavy but then there's all these heavy armor sets that give giant amounts of weapon damage and they give more weapon damage Mm. than the the medium armor sets like i don't see how or why that's a thing wow okay i i is there is there an example you can give me of that that of a specific because i don't know I'm not uh, sure. Which. Specific um, Fury, 7th Legion, Veiled okay. Heritance. Ravager. Ra- I was going to bring up Ravager, yeah. Th- those, yeah. those, Ravager is literally like Plevrock, but heavy, but higher uptime for Stamplar. It's just, it's mm. insane, man. But, is, um, but healing is reduced. Healing is reduced in BGs. Like, I know some, some healing abilities are reduced in BGs, right? Is that the same for Cyrodiil? Um, yes. The the it's, same, uh, um, what's it called? The calculation or whatever. It's just adjusted. Uh, Battle spirit that that applies to both BGs and Cyrodiil. It's the same. Right. The only thing is that if if you're in a CP campaign, you also have champion points adding to all your healing as well, and adding right. add more resistance. You're more tankier in CP because of that. But um, yeah, no. Battle spirit huh. applies to all PvP zones. So do you think they should just make? Cyrodiil non-CP. You already have a non-CP. Yeah, but like you just you just think, but you think that having that difference is big because everyone goes into the CP one, right? That's where the population is. What if they change it to just no CP completely? Well, then you take away something that people have grinded for a lot, so Mm -hmm. that would probably piss off a lot of people. 
And personally, I know a lot of people prefer CP actually over non-CP. So in regards that to that, I, I don't really forever, feel right? like <laughs> I, I don't feel like you should force people to play CP or non-CP. Yeah. Yeah. They, they already do that with battlegrounds. That's true. So that will, that, like that is something I think the PvP community will be sorry, <laughs> really divided on. Okay. Yeah. So the the, the PvP community enjoys the CP. We we enjoy it. the only problem I think with CP and specifically in Cerdo is that we have so much to use. Mm. We have 810 points back back when the cap was at least let's say 500, 501. Yeah, I think that was like good because it, it forced you to pick where you want to put your points at. Now we have 810 points. We get instead of just focusing in one area, we're like, I want to do extra damage. But I also get all this extra healing because of the extra CP that I had, that I have now that I didn't have back then. I just think there's too much, too many points to 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 allocate. We have a lot of points. I I personally think that we should drop the CP a bit because ever since the CP kept going higher and higher, uh, there's been more really broken builds out there because of CP. Because you're able to just put it everywhere instead of focusing in one out actual area. So what if you could, what if they, because you, so what if I'm playing devil's advocate, I guess, um, or trying to find a middle ground, what if you, people like the CP, because they like, like you said, Ruben said the grind, and obviously you said you like it for mm-hmm. your reasons, so, what if you had a, a Cyrodiil specific CP application, so you've got the same window you have now, when you go into, you know, you, you go into the different trees, you go into astronaut, whatever, um, but they're Cyrodiil specific and limited, so you can't. So your your CP gets um, you have maybe you know a portion of what you had before. Now it's still the same. You know you still got some CP, but like you say, it's lower, so it's more manageable and it's a little bit more important where you put that. And the difference maybe is is that you put one point into something and it maybe makes you know, maybe less of a difference, but it still gives you an edge, right? And you've still got it, which I feel is part of the appeal of CP as well. Even if it is a massive, you know, jump, like you say, from 500 to 810. Um, but, you, but you kind of take away some of those things from CP at the moment. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping this makes sense. Um, basically, you have a completely different window. You remove a ton of the stuff that might be considered overpowered that you put into... Uh, that you put your CP into, and it gets adjusted basically, but you still have that feature. Does that make sense? I get you. So maybe I, I don't really want to say like a CP lock, but mm. like I could see something like that being only for for Cyrodiil specifically. That way, the PVEers or outside of Cyrodiil just in general, mm-hmm. you, you still get the rest of the A10. Maybe something like a CP lock would be nice because a lot of these builds like i'm telling you they're really broken like some people can just infinitely heal and just deal crazy amounts of damage still um or even that you could only dedicate yourself to a certain certain type of tree or certain different ones so that then that is your focus so your build and everything else is fine um you know you you are going damage and you've got a healing sound top of that whatever but then, you know, you can only go into 
one specific you know tree or three of the specific trees within that region do you know what i mean because then it does pinpoint your build a lot a little sorry mm-hmm. a little but not so much i don't know i kind of don't mind that idea i don't know i think it will make things even more complicated, complicated. and for everyone oh, okay. to be fair i mean I, I get what you're saying i get what you're mm. saying but i don't know how i feel about it yeah yeah, that is really interesting. Maybe, maybe when you're in Cyrodiil, you know, no one uses the roll uh, option when you like, you know, you press your group button, you get the low group tap. No one really uses on um, the healer, on the tank, on the, on the damage dealer. Hmm. Maybe if we even had something like, and I'm not saying this will necessarily be a good change, but just kind of to throw the idea out there. Let's say I click on healer. Um, it gives me access to the healing CP. Let's say I click on uh, the damage dealer. It gives me all the access to just uh, the damage style um, CP. And yeah, maybe make, yeah. you know, the, and the same with the tank, you know. You get the higher resistance CP if you wanted that, all all of that. That way you're not trying to be a tank and then specking everything into the damage line, you know. Mm. Could be, it's so just I, I, an interesting I don't know. Change, Something yeah. like that could work, but it'd be, really, it'd be really complicated. Yeah, that's the problem because it's already complicated, like Rebus mm-hmm. says as well. It yeah. gets more difficult. You don't want to make things too difficult, especially after mm-hmm. people just got used to it. You know, kind of get used to this one system. Okay. Um, having a look, where are we going now? Okay, rolls. Okay, we've kind of gone. We've kind of gone over that. Actually, I think we've gone over that. Let's, let's carry on. Um. Talking about like small scale and large scale, it's not versus, I guess, really. Um, but just to just to say, and, and for for new viewers, and obviously Ruben and and Zoe, you can kind of add to this because obviously you're a ton more experienced than me, obviously, uh, within Cyrodiil. But to me, like large scale fighting is, you know, um, and doesn't necessarily have to be siege. It doesn't have to be a keep. It can be two or three. Uh, of the teams coming together, you know, even if it's 30, 40 players, big fights. That's kind of large scale. I I kind of see it. And obviously, like, keeps and large scale fights. And then these smaller scale fights could be like, you know, it could even be 1v1 to say 5v5. Um, and like these Havoc kind of groups that run around just causing trouble behind enemy lines and whatnot. Um do you think do you think uh the newer players hover to the more large scale stuff and the the more experienced players maybe go towards the small scale fighting and do you think the small scale fighting is a product of you know is it a product of something like lag or um would you encourage people to try and find the smaller fights or just kind of wander off on their own a little bit more in smaller groups or this all leads up to something I'm going to ask you guys in a bit. <laughs> I have a good idea of what I want to say, but if Ruben, if you want to... Well, you can go first. Okay, so... This all depends up to the player. But, mm-hmm. um, okay, so let's say you were interested in large-scale. Uh, overall view of large-scale, you're in the war. You're fighting Cyrodiil according to the lore itself because Cyrodiil was meant for big fights. A lot of people don't like hearing that, but yes, Cyrodiil was literally advertised as a giant PvP zone. 
So before any small scalers get upset, that's ex that, that's what uh, the developers said, and it's kind of obvious they really do support scale game warfare. Scale. I mean, that's yeah. what all, all of these modes are sold on for sure. But there are definitely good players in both small scale and large scale, but I feel like if you're running around in a big 24 man group, you're one, you're you're dealing with more lag essentially down the line. But two, you're not learning as much as you would in small scale fights. You can literally join a 24 man raid just by typing LFG in zone and get invited to a group. Cool. If you want to go to the group fights and flip keeps, get AP that way, awesome. Then do it. Just mm -hmm. do what you enjoy. But if you want to get, in my opinion, better at the game and you want to really learn the mechanics in the game, try out small scale. You're not going to get as much lag. But every move you do on small scale matters a lot more than the big Zerg fights. In the big Zerg fights, there's a lot of room for mistakes. Like I said, you could get yourself killed, but then get rezzed right afterwards by someone else, kind of like what I was saying earlier. Um, you could literally be that dude snipe spamming in the back or just ball light attacking. Just That's it. That's all you're doing. You're just left clicking. Maybe a poison yeah. jet here and there. It, you're not really going to, to learn. You're not going to learn how to like necessarily when to CC your opponent, when to this, when to drop ults on the group, when to stack heals. It's just a big blob. So I look at it. There's organized Zergs out there. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that will tear the map up because they're just that dedicated. So mm -hmm. they run a specific like guild group, but it's more mediums like large scale. Um, but essentially, it all depends on what you want. Do you want quality? Or quantity, quantity being large scale and quality being small scale. I know when I went from because I used to lead Zergs. I know when I went from leading Zergs, being that light attacker myself, that's all I did and just told people to move. When I went to small scale, I got a lot better at the game. I learned to actually like, oh, I should really focus my build here more because I didn't realize I was taking so much damage because I was mm. stacked with a Zerg in the same build, you know. So you really, you really sit there. You look at your build, you think about what you could change, you try to find other uh, small scalers that you want to PvP with, you're not getting as much lag. Um, it, I just think it's overall, it's just been a better experience for me, and it's why I've never really gone back to Zerging. Okay. I just I just feel like if, if you're really interested in the strong, hardcore, like, sweaty mechanics of ESO, then try to small scale, get some friends and try to not go in there with pve builds first of all <laughs> go in there with pvp builds and just just play together try to avoid the zergs if you fight the zergs then good luck because it does get a little rough sometimes you get overwhelmed a lot but that's all part of improving in the game itself so you will fight those zergs that just stomp your group of like four or five six it, it happens all the time it happens to everybody that's part of the game but down the line if you're really interested um, small scale, I think, has been the best PvP for me. I know it's been the best PvP for me, but I think mm. it's also the best PvP out there that will help you learn, at least. Ruben? Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, but like, I also think like people call it calls a group or something in ESO very quickly zerging nowadays. Um, like back when I started 2004, I had my PvP guilds. And while we used to, like, have one or two groups running of 24 people, uh, we would just be a bunch of plebs and team speak having fun and let's yeah. say together, okay, let's attack Ash. But we, like, so one, people could say, oh, you're 40 people, you're a Zurich, but we were, like, 
spread out all across Ash, you know, we were not like a blob together. Um, like if someone joins a group in zone chat and he's in a 24 man group, but they are all like spread out at a keep, I wouldn't consider that necessarily like zerging. But when people like 40 man team speak all stacked up, like that is like zerging for me personally. Mm. And you know, in the end, it's about enjoying like just joining up with friends and like team speak. That is what I enjoyed most back then. But I agree with Lodzelli, like, um, small skill really made me a better player, like, dueling back then, uh, doing one first ones really helped me improve as a player. And then later, when I would be in group PvP, I would also perform better. Though, nowadays, with champion points, I really don't do dueling anymore, because people have, like, such, um, uh, well, let's not say that word, but you know what kind of fuck, like, really... Uh, shitty PvP people that are just <laughs> unkillable. The word isn't uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you feel. Use, like, I use it all the time for these kind of builds, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's just like no fun anymore. Nowadays, duels last like 10, 20 minutes, and even then, it's still going. Uh, back then, a duel would be a few minutes. I would get some feedback, we, and it was enjoyable. Mm. Okay. I mean, to me, that from what you both say, it's kind of almost just what you enjoy as well. But then mm-hmm. you can you can really appreciate that it's like in BGs, and and it's one of the reasons in uh, Guild Wars Two where I felt that I I wanted to go and just do something where I can improve as a player. Like smaller scale was BGs for me uh, at SPVP in Guild Wars Two, and it was like that's where I improved as a player, and then I applied that to. Um, the world versus world, the the Cyrodiil in ESO, obviously. Uh, ESO, sorry. Um, and that's where, you know, I could tell I improved because like you say, you know, in this mentality where you push through as a massive group, you are less inclined to... I mean, I'm just I'm just saying it's that mob mentality almost, you know, you're just kind of running through and just getting like super keen and you're happy and just like trouncing people and running over their corpses. Um, and you're just like, you know, you're infinitely happy. It's... it's and I think there's there's definitely pulls for both, you know. I en- I enjoy the kind of the larger fights where you can just trash the enemy and just you know get that keep. That's kind of you know fulfilling if there's been a massive siege as well, especially because I really like siege in ESO. Like I think sieging is sieging is one of my favorite parts of any RVR game. Like, and especially if you're able to and in, in defending in as well, you know, you got like the oil and stuff like that, and you know anti-sieging and all that kind of stuff is really really fun i think it's something which you know eso actually is probably one of the better games at actually um that a ton, than a ton of games out there but i think there's definitely different aspects you can enjoy and there's different aspects where you feel like you can definitely be applying your own skillful nature as a pvp like zell says in, sm- in that smaller scale and I think, you know, even as a Zerg leader, or a, we say Zerg, Zerg, I think Zerg is, is seen as a negative phrase um, a lot of the time, which is probably why people don't like to be associated with it. Because, um, oh, they're Zerg in this while they're doing that. But it's like, you know, if they're organized and that's their thing and they're doing well at it. Um, but if you're the leader of that, that group or that party, that large party, you've still got to decide targets to hit, right? You've still got to decide some kind of tactics. So there's still some kind of skill in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zoe, you said, you know, that you led those, so you know how tough that was um, at times, especially getting people to even follow you in the first place as well, I guess, uh, unless they know who you are, obviously, um, which I suppose they did after a while. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. I think... Um, 
I've enjoyed both sides myself. I guess... I guess, actually, that's kind of most of what I wanted to talk about. It kind of leads up to something I wanted to talk about um, later on. But it, it also how impactful small smaller scale pvp can be on the 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 more macro part of the game the larger area of cyrodiil like how can does small scale can small scale pvp actually affect the outcome of larger fights elsewhere in cyrodiil is there something so go for it so okay so this is something that a lot of people don't realize okay a lot of small scalers, it's true. We don't care about the map. We don't care about the leaderboards. We just we go in there for for the good fights. Yeah. Another thing that people don't realize is that when we're fighting the enemy, whatever enemy is in front of us, the other groups aren't fighting. We're distracting people. Where let's say we go and flag roll so we can get a Zurich to try to farm, and they're like, "Oh, you're not really helping us with the map. You're not really trying to capture the keep." No, we're not. But what you guys don't realize is that we're distracting a large group for you. Mm-hmm. We may not be trying to directly help you guys, but indirectly, we're helping you. Every number we pull away from a keep is another number you don't have to deal with while you're trying to take the map over, or go get amp, or go take a scroll. That's what people don't realize, and. When when stuff unflags, etc. Sometimes that same Zerg will keep chasing our small group. If we mm. get overrun, we get overrun. But we're still distracting the enemy. That really does have impacts on the map that people don't realize. We may not be adding points to the leaderboards, to the overall. Be willing like, eventually, faction. I guess, if someone's taking a keep, like you say, and you take those numbers away, you're mm. but you're not directly giving those points, but you're helping, like you say, in the long mm-hmm. run to get there. And if they want to, uh, yeah, exactly. And if they want to look at it from another perspective, you know, what I was saying is that we're distracting the enemy mm. while they are chasing us in an open field or wherever. They're not getting more points for their own faction because they're tunnel visioning us. They're not capping resources or keeps. They're not getting more points for themselves. So we're literally not just distracting uh, uh, players that they don't have to fight. We're distracting the faction from getting more points overall. I really do think small scale impacts uh Cyrodiil a lot more than some people think it's just it's really rough right now and it's really hard mm. to have successful small scale fights but at the end of the day we're still taking players away from other factions that our faction doesn't have to deal with that's all it really is yeah wow, I like that Ruben do you want to add anything to that no, he he explained that perfectly, man. Not much to add to that, to be honest. I mean, no. I can give you my my own personal experience, which I had yesterday, which was actually really epic. And I and if you're watching this, and maybe I can post this somewhere in the description, um, it was a situation where I I think it was they were called S O S O T D or something like that on uh, EP. I can't remember what the... I think it was something like that, the Guild. And they were just asking if anyone wanted to join. I, it was SOPD, SOTD, something like that. Um, and they were like, does anyone want to join uh, to just go on this like little mission around? Because I, I was in one of those, you know, when you say you put the LFG in and no one was inviting and then they popped up and I was like, yeah, sure, Jesus, I'm going to join someone. Um, otherwise, I'm on my own. And then these guys went deep into a, like another alliance's territory. And I was like, 
I couldn't, I was on my Necro, so my mount was like, you know, 20%, 10% speed, because obviously it's only been out for a little bit, and unless I buy gems, you know, I mean, I was, I got the buff, but I'm still not as fast, because I've still not got that base speed, right? And I kept falling behind, um, but so that was a challenge in itself. But then when I got to them, we were just a keep, and we were just, you know, we were just knocking on the door, and we, they weren't allowed to port back, you know, completely wrecked their porting around the map, it just destroyed it. And we were just crouching in front of keeps and just knocking doors down and just running away. And they would come out and they might beat us a little bit, but they, someone would put a Ford camp out and we would be all right. And it was just awesome. It was just completely different. It was like, you know, we were just kind of hovering in front, all crouched down, ready. I've got some wicked screenshots. Um, and it was just, it was actually really fun. And we really did impact what was going on elsewhere. And I, I said on the map, you know, I, I, I kind of almost did a before and after. Our alliance EP was just kind of, we didn't have many keeps left. We were actually back to one of our scroll keeps. And then the rest of the map was yellow and blue. And it was just like, D- Jesus, like we're getting completely screwed. After this, when I left this group, we'd actually started to push out because they'd had to pull back. And it was just awesome how like you could you could really actually influence it. And it was what? an 11 12 man group max at all times and it was just it was really impactful and it was actually quite fun to see that um and one thing i would like to see as well is that groups like that um and objectives maybe could be pushed more by zos or in some kind of objective where there are bonus objectives like hit this keep get a gate down or something or and you get a buff or you get some kind of their their port is down for like certain amount of time or something you know some kind of reward for doing that kind of thing because it would and i'm not saying it it can work two ways one it means that people fight less uh there are less larger fights um which is obviously not good um and two it just means the zerg could just go to this one place and then that's where the larger fight happens and you're directing even more um so i suppose my my next question i don't know where that is on the the document at all because i think it kind of leads into it do you think there's enough reasons for people to go to play do you think it's you know cyrodiil should be this creative thing where you can just go where you want and create your own game essentially um, where you can just take down a keep or there's some kind of method in the madness or whatever. Or do you think that Zos could maybe put some more objectionable things in the game for whether or not it's the new players or organized guilds or or anyone, or organized groups, whatever, where they should take down specific objectives and they get bonus rewards or anything like that? Do you think that's pointless or do you think there's things they could put into the game that could help to incentivize players a bit more i don't know well then we kind of come back to like the war reward thing i think yeah uh, you talk about like objectives and the whole impact of the map and like in 2014-15 when i led my guild uh, i absolutely loved that i absolutely loved playing the map and objective uh, we actually had a guild for all the dc pvp guilds because right. back then you had like veteran ranks so grinding was incredibly hard so there was there wasn't really any faction hopping because people had one or two characters and they were like, okay, never again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually did, did a lot of coordination. Like what you were t- talking about, the gates, like troll sieging, 
we would send one person to, let's say, Chelman, get that keeper in a siege, and then you push Aylswell and you could take it more easily. Um, but I don't think the rewards are like that interesting. Mm. That's why people are not doing it anymore. Uh, leveling has become much easier, so faction, hop- faction hopping became a thing, and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, one of the things I never understand it is why they removed master weapons from the rewards. I don't know if you know this, but you had like veteran rank 14, and if you became the top 2%, you could get master weapons. I absolutely loved it. Like, wait, wait, it actually gave how, me a reason to like, how could you oh, well, get let's them, make though? sure I become the top 2%. What did they would just assign them to you on a drop, or you would get master weapons in the middle if you were like the top two percent in regards to scoring for like a month? Points. What for the, what for the was this for a certain time period or for that point period? Or well, like that campaign, if you for were like campaign. at the end of the campaign, you were the top two percent of your alliance, you would get a master weapon what, and, and they removed box. it. Yeah, they, I think we were veteran 14 when it became 16, they removed it. Somewhere like in those lines. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. I still look at my veteran rank 12 and 40 master, but I'm like, feels bad, man. Mm-hmm. It seems like a really good... But what? So veteran rank is just AP-based, right? Yeah. Uh, veteran rank, yeah. Veteran rank were the levels before champion points. So veteran rank 12 is what is CP 120 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in so terms of grinding, of in terms of grinding, veteran ranks were much worse. You didn't have experience potions, no training gear, nothing. It was terrible. It was really grindsome heavy. So what if it was a PvP cool. rank instead or something like, you know, each week if if you get certain amount of not AP because that's it's just a grindable thing then. Um, I, I mean, I guess, you know, materials and crafting-wise is still grinding, but you need to equate that to the same amount of time spent, right? Uh, somehow, in terms of, like, grinding AP or whatever, if it, if it was, like, if they changed into that kind of system. But what if it was, like, the top 2% of people who were in Cyrodiil with that campaign that got a master weapon? Like Emperor. Like, you know, you get Emperor. So if if the top person gets... There you go. Here we go. Sorted. Emperor. Someone So someone gets an Emperor, emperor every campaign or whatever. Um, no one else gets anything else, right? Zero. Absolutely bugger all. Does anyone, do they get any gold or anything? Because like, I don't know. They get like uh, end of campaign rewards. That's what you get. They get end of, are they good? Uh, if you win a if you win a campaign, they are decent in terms of gold, but it's not that decent that I would say that people really go out of their way to say, "Oh, guys, we're gonna win this campaign because we need to get the reward." Mm. Like it's not that because I mean the gold is nice, but it's not such a high amount of gold. Like if we talk Imperial City grinding, you can get it in like twenty thirty minutes that amount of gold as well. How much gold so, is it? Do you remember? I think know? like. Maybe 100k if you win 30 day campaign. You know that's Lord City? Man, isn't it like 19, 20k? Isn't it something minuscule like that? I thought it, yeah, maybe it is actually. I know it's like 10, 12k if you lose, but. What you do get is golden, uh, like jewelry. And the gold jewelry can be, I mean, just depending on which jewelry pieces you get, they can be sold for a lot. 
and I mean a lot. Right, okay. Some of them are also worth garbage. But, <laughs> Depends what lucky set you yeah. get, I guess. Yeah. So it's that's not motivating enough for people to to really like care about the leaderboards. That's why a lot of us small scalers don't. We're like, oh yay, we're gonna get maybe a max of. 20k giving gold and a few jewelry pieces that are probably going to be worth like 10 15k each mm. and that doesn't equate to the amount of time that you spent in the actual mode mm -hmm. itself at all mm -hmm. because then yeah i mean i can get i'll probably get much more than that just pv in in a, in a week yeah just and then you could probably back towards that you want to do like character progression I mean, what if you would get, and again, this is just something totally random, could be really like terrible idea as well. But what if you could like earn tickets, you could actually buy like PVE gear, which was something like that. So you can actually, Absolutely. so you can actually stay in PVP and work on your own yeah. character progression. Because that is one of the things I have with PVP. I yeah. just, um, yeah, I, I get a skill point, you know, when I go on an alliance rank up, but mm -hmm. I'm having millions of AP that I never really do anything with. Um, I could convert it to gold, but in the end, with gold, I can't do anything either because material-wise, um, doing my daily crafting rates is more than enough for me. And if I want something like Bone Pirate or whatever PvE set, I will still have to do PvE. Yeah. There is actually a really good system uh, in a couple of different games, but I'll use Guild Wars 2 as an example again. because the less, that's... Level scrolls, you mean? Uh, like, no, no, no. This is the core oh, of reward tracks. They're called reward tracks, actually, and and you actually have chests that you open. So as you, but this is in uh, both the um, realm versus realm stuff and the small scale battleground stuff. You basically have this track, this this line that you go along, and as you gain experience, whether or not you win, lose, or draw, or whatever, um, or you know you, how much you've contributed to your to your alliance or whatever. Um, you go and go up this track and you get chests depending on how far the, you go so towards the end you get a reward and a reward is a it's, it might be a skin or it might be an actual piece of armor where you can select the stats for what you get and it's actually a very good system i will say though it hasn't kept people from moaning about the fact that rewards are lacking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but because this problem, I mean, and they have a shitload of rewards in Guild Wars 2, and people are still not happy with that. Um, because, you know, it comes into else, elsewhere in the, the actual game mode itself, where actually ESO is very successful, funnily enough. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, if you could combine three or four games together, you'd get this perfect experience. But no one seems to cotton on to the fact that, you know what, taking that idea and making it your own isn't co like you're not necessarily copying them. You just, you, well, you might be, but you can do that. <laughs> you know, if it's good and it works, just take that idea and adjust it to your style of your game. Um, and I think ESO could do that. But, you know, and again, it comes to rewards, like Ruben said incentivizing incentivizing people to get involved in a heavy way where they're so focused on trying to you know get further in the campaign or uh, further in the leaderboard or get towards emperor or whatever is really important uh, rewards are just very very key you want to be rewarded for your time okay the fights are cool and everything else but rewarded for your time is very very important um because you you do play the game and it's free and you should it should be about the enjoyment obviously but we still like to have a present at the end, don't we, really? 
Who like a birthday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. since like the thirty day reward. It's, it's a whole thirty days, man. At the end of the month, it's mm. something that you get a maximum of twelve times a year, and that's if you are playing continuously. Something that happens so little should be rewarding in some way. Yeah. Because AP itself, we don't have much to buy with AP besides motifs, which we turn into to gold after we sell them. And even that's not really anything big. I mean, we buy, what, four camps and siege with AP as well? But that's not going to make us anything but more AP. But, um... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's kind of the same way with uh, IC. Uh, a lot of the PvPers just go in there for the fights. A lot of us don't care for AP gain. Um, there's nothing really to spend AP on. Kind of like what Ruben was saying earlier about the whole, uh, what if I wanted to buy Bone Pirate? Like, that's just a perfect example of what I was talking about, like, an IC as well. Like, I have talked about that before with other people, and, like, dude, like, that would be great if I could just buy certain sets with uh, AP. And, yeah, you can do that with, like, the overworld sets, but the dungeon sets is what we're, like, more trying to talk about. Those, we would have to go grind in PvE land. If we could purchase those with AP, that would be that would be fantastic for the the PVPers at least. But other than that, it's just like there's no real incentive to get a lot of AP, and you can't really say, "Oh, well, my AP rank is high." Like AP rank, I just doesn't mean much anymore. There's uh like there's that. Grand Overlords that have been that dude light attacking in a Zerg for like a year and he just got the rank for light attacking with the Zerg. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, not yeah. saying that Zerging is bad because Zerging can be organized. Look look at the ball groups we have, but what's the actual reward that we're getting besides the fights? Mm. If they're even good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to think about. You never know. Hopefully, you know, they'll you know, they they I I'm pretty sure they watch these kind of podcasts and they do pick up some kind of feelings. Hopefully, uh uh, there's there's more about these kind of things than the lag issue that we were talking about earlier, though. You mm-hmm. never know. We never know. Um, but this is all interesting st- stuff for people to to know. And it's also important to talk about the things that we do enjoy about about the modes as well, because it's 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 definitely because I don't want it to be like because uh, normally a podcast, I think it always ends. It doesn't always end. I'm not saying we're ending right now, but it will do uh, fairly in the next like 20 minutes or so. But Cyrodo is is a good mode. Like it is good. Like it's like the fighting, the the sieging. The it is very exciting. There are times where where I can feel a little bit lost as a newer player to Cyrodo. That's for sure. Um, but I know that would change obviously if I dedicated more time to it. Um, but it is extremely epic at times, and it's not just those big scale fights. But like last night, like I said, that experience I had specifically it was just awesome it was just it was like i haven't had that experience in elder scrolls online before um i don't think i've had it in many maybe warhammer online which was pretty cool um with that kind of small scale stuff but that was many different maps and you could just kind of ninja about doing things all the time um i just want to i just want to mention that if anyone's listening to this or watching this now on twitch like the reason we talk about these things is because we enjoy them uh at the end of the day and you want to see yeah. some kind of having player feedback is so important um it, and it's a community it's an mmrpg 
it's about the community and the players that play it. So it's important that, you know, this kind of thing is talked about, uh, obviously in a respectful way, but um, in a critical way that's useful for people to hear. Like, exactly. Like, the thing is, a lot of people, like, sometimes call us, like, haters or stuff like that. But the thing is, uh, for me personally at least, is the reason why I complain about, like, servers or, let's say, Sarada, but also, like, Computer Europe, it has been, like, terrible for, like, six or nine months now with random battlegrounds and dungeon queuers is that uh, it just kind of sends me as well how much it hurts the game. Like, I see friends quit, and especially with the golden opportunity ESO itself had with all the World Warcraft Battle for Azeroth refugees coming in, you know, um, that the servers aren't working properly. Like, that's if I would try out a new MMO and I try to do a random dungeon queue, it's not working. Um, after I already left my favorite MMO, I've been heavily invested in for 10 years. I'm very, very quickly being sucked back into that MMO, you know? Yeah. So, it, it just like, you know, it's kind of saddens me as well to see a game that I like so much, you know, being not improving those kind of aspects. And I'm, I'm sure they are aware. And maybe that even fries me more. Like, if they weren't aware, I could think, okay, well, they are not focusing on it. Yeah. But I'm, like, 100% sure they should be aware of it now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm more like, are they able to even fix it, you know? Well, that's that's the thing as well, isn't it? I mean, it, like I said, I mean, I think this is... this is, and If we're talking about just, like, lag as a s- specific thing as well, because I think that's a major, major feature of a lot of the complaints... It's something which literally is very difficult for even companies developing just RVR games. I mean, Camelot Unchained is just an RVR game. Crowfall is just an RVR game. You know, Warhammer Online back in the day is pretty much just an RVR game, really. They had questing on the side uh, with, like, small-scale BG combat as well. And these games all had problems. And no doubt they will still have problems in the future it's just such a difficult thing to solve and you know in the meantime i think there is other things they could be doing to help in terms of you know like we've lot what we've been discussing today like rewards like uh incentives things like this to get you know to get people focused whether or not it's to split up these things so that lag is less of a thing but then you kind of go away from the whole large-scale fighting which is what Zell said which is an important point what they kind of sold the mode on in the first place so you can't really take away from that it doesn't make sense um okay um yeah, i've still got loads of stuff it always happens you, just, you start talking about something and then you just like realize how oh, many yeah. like two things down the line and there's like 20 things and you start to talk and it go leads on to something else um all right so but to both of you if there was one and again this might be a negative thing if there's what do you what do you think is an issue one major issue like i said balance but it doesn't have to be balance it can be because balance doesn't necessarily just have to be skills uh it could be it could be design of parts of the map for an alliance for example um that isn't the same on another part of the map or whatever um what's the what's the one thing that you wish you could change and i don't mean lag <laughs> <laughs> and not something that was mentioned today but what is something mm-hmm. that you wish you could change that is in the game at the moment or that you think could be useful for the game at the moment that could change things a little bit i know one thing is a bit specific but is there anything that 
it, it, you can think really far out of the box here as well. Anything. Get rid of Orca Jeets. <laughs> Why? No, I'm just kidding. I'd like to say that. T's going to come in here with a bunch of people. She's going to run you over, man. She'll be in Syria. Uh, She's going to Europe. I think someone has to be the computer. <laughs> someone does not, have to be. That's true. Not necessarily in in game wise, but I think they should listen to the more dedicated players than overall numbers on like forums, for example. Because mm. look what happened with this faction lock thing. A lot of people don't like the faction lock. I personally don't like it. It restricted me from playing with more friends. Because at the end of the day, this is an MMO. This is a video game. I want to play with my friends when I when I want to. The faction lock really did hurt that. I have a lot of friends that stayed on EP that don't come to DC at all anymore. And people say, just go to the seven-day campaign. Seven-day campaign's dead. We're not going to get fights there. Even if we're with our friends, what are we doing together? Sitting at a resource, doing nothing. Mm. Um, I wish they would listen to their dedicated players more because they see more crying or QQing, whatever you want to call it, complaining, etc. Or just overall topics about just specific things like faction lock. They see so much, so or a lot of complaints about one thing, and if they see a lot of it, they'll go through with it. I feel like the company doesn't care for their dedicated players in the long run. They just this I, is the complaint I messed times. up as it sounds, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. I, I, I know it's, and, and the thing is, is, is this is the difficult behind this because again. I've had this experience in multiple MMORPGs. It, it, the problem is, is, is who you listen to. And yeah, you guys obviously have the most experience. Absolutely. And you're probably the most knowledgeable and you could help um, the, shape the game, obviously, in, in a better way. I have absolutely no doubt in that whatsoever. Um, but then you play Devil's Advocate again and you think of the other side and it's like the masses the community um and it's like okay mm -hmm. those guys aren't as experienced but if they push this and there's so many people it's overwhelming and there's almost this pressure that may, might be might come from above um and they say you know we need you guys to change this specific thing because look at the amount of people that are talking about this and then look at the amount of people that talk about this and they won't think in and what you're talking about earlier of quality versus quantity quality uh, quantity is going to win in that in that regard it is very difficult um and i feel for the devs who are get put in that decision in in that place uh in all honesty because i think you know that's an order more from it feels like more of an order from above than anything else and that's not to say you know and i'm not insulting anyone i just think that's mm -hmm. just the way it is you know um so i do feel for them in that respect i feel like uh, whether or not they're talking to the right people in terms of the people they get into Zos when that happens, I, I don't to talk about these things. Um, I don't know whether or not that is what happens as well because again, I'm not really involved in that process. Um, but I, I definitely hear what you mean. I hear what you're saying, dude. Absolutely, because Absolutely. especially if you're a, an experienced PvPer and you like, you know, I know this game inside and out in this mode. I play this thing. Like, why won't they listen? It can be very frustrating when you don't get heard. Um, 
no, I more than anyone definitely know this because I trained as a therapist and I've always mentioned this. It's, it's about being heard as a player in the community in some kind of way where I feel like I've either influenced the game in some way or improved it so my experience can improve as well. Um, I don't know. I understand. Thing... I understand. Oh, sorry. No, no, I no, no. Were... I just wanted to just say that I definitely understand. But it is very difficult. Uh, with the faction lock, like one side, what was really starting to annoy me was that people would go on their old characters when we were returning like scrolls. They would pick it up and literally run back to their own faction. Mm. But the issue with faction locking is they it's just implemented way too late. Because me myself, for example, I made three EP characters, so I could like if I wanted to, I could PvP on the EP side. I made uh, two AD old characters, so I could PvP on AD. And now I'm just limited to like three or four of my ten characters that I grind and level through all these years. And so the faction lock, like the idea, it, it's just way too late. It, if they maybe did it in the beginning of the game, the, mm. like then I would definitely have made all of my characters DC because then I would be able to like play them on an active campaign. But with only one active campaign at the moment, that is faction locked after the game has already been live for five years. With people having old characters and old factions, it's actually um, a really bad choice. <laughs> <Da -ding. laughs> um, that, was the, that was a message there. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> was that you're like, I've made my point, I'm done now, kind of thing. Like a judge or something, I don't know. Hmm. Is that both of you then? Is is the faction lock faction lock is really that big that big of a deal? I okay. Let's let's look back at one time rule. I understand a lot of the changes. I understand why some things did happen. Mm. But let's look at one time rule. What happened with one time rule? They allowed friends to play with friends. What did they do with elsewhere? They took that restriction from the PVPers. Mm. When I and, and I guess this is more like personal with me and a bunch of my other friends when i pvp kind of like what we what we said before or what i said before that like we're not there for the leaderboards and everything we're there for the fights um if the fights were better on ep i would just switch to ep but there's even times where it's like i see i'm faction locked to dc now where i'm on dc and like dc took the whole map i wish i would be able to help the other factions yeah like in any way you know what I mean? Like, mm. I if I could have a faction that was, like, mute or not really mutual, I guess, kind of, or not really neutral either. That like was a rogue faction? Main, yeah, that would main Mercs the faction. faction. So like a yeah, mercenary faction. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could stick to the faction that had the lowest pop and that was mm. suffering the most, I would do that. If that would give me the more, uh, the, the better fights for me while mm. also helping the lower pop faction. Like, that's what I wanted to do before. I started to level 1 AD, then mm. I heard about the faction lock and completely deleted the character. Right. I have, I had a total of five EP characters. Mm -hmm. I've deleted two of them because of faction lock. And I have three that just sit there that I never play. All right. Because there's no point because you're not going to, you're not going to use Yeah. Them. I just, the PvP is only really active in one campaign right now, mm. and that's on DC. Um, no, on DC, it's in Cal. The mm. the previous was known as Vivek. Um, if the fights on DC are really lackluster for my taste of fights, and we have the whole map, all I do is PvP in the game. I'm just gonna log off the game. I'm not a big BG guy, you know. I'm yeah. just gonna go spend my time elsewhere, man. 
if I was able to go and help EP or AD out, like I would be playing the game more than I already do. But it's because like hmm. faction lock really did um it affected a lot of the players. And we we aren't the I guess you could say a quantity though for sure. Like I really understand what you're meaning by like they gotta kinda um listen to the numbers more because honestly at the end of the day Mm. numbers is what gets the job done like that's 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 the the money as well unfortunately yeah yeah. that's what what i meant by like numbers yeah yeah, i mean they get like higher statistics all of that Uh and they're making more money if they have a larger fan base casual Mm. or dedicated it doesn't matter they're the at the end of the day we're still putting higher than dedicated as well in all Mm -hmm. honesty always so i I I understand why faction lock became a thing that it actually was implemented. Yeah, doesn't Not mean you can't in, be pissed like, off like about numbers it. Numbers wise, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, like bro, just I just want to be able to play with my friends, man. Because all I do is PvP. I've done PVE. I've went and nerded out hardcore in some yeah. trials. I've done flawless conqueror like probably like sixty times. Like I went and did all that, but I was bored of it, so I stuck with PvP forever. Mm-hmm. And after this faction lock happened, man, like I don't even talk, like I, I literally don't even talk to like some of my EP friends on EP anymore because it went from, hey man, we should PVP sometime, bro. Like let's let's go hang out, let's just go chill. Mm-hmm. It went from that to not talking anymore because it's not possible. It's just damn so, okay. Yeah, that's we'll not... we'll group up in in the seven day campaign for what to to fight yeah, that's not fun. one player. Mm-hmm. And then just sit there and waste time, man. Like it really, imp- it didn't just impact players in general. It impacted people's like relationships with their friends, man. I had my old guild, my old core guild. I ran multiple, by the way. Another whole core is left to EP, and I don't even talk to them anymore because of faction lock. I'll mm. I'm in their Discord and I'll say a thing here and there, but what's 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 the point man it's interesting i mean and this, this is what's good to talk about like i said you know uh, you talk about one thing it kind of leads to another because actually that i actually kind of really like that idea of having like a mercenary group it would you know how the hell that would work without you know implicating yeah. something you don't take rewards or something maybe you just do it purely for the fights um mm-hmm. maybe you know you get reduced ap or something like that but I mean, I definitely understand the whole switching sides and everything like that, because, you know, like you say, people kind of doing some uh, awful stuff, which ruins yeah. the experience oh, for yeah. other people. Um, um, but, and, the, and people, you know, who that do want to just switch to the team, they want to just be like, oh, they're winning. I'm just going to go Don't join win. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. there's reasons, absolutely definite good reasons for and against, but also what gets lost when you do do that, like you say. Um, and then having an option to perhaps be like, you know, I can be, if I genuinely want to go and play with these people, or I can genuinely see that, you know, these guys are getting wrecked and we'll kind of help them. It would be cool if one, if your alliance could somehow contact them or some somehow have some kind of, um, what's the word? Ceasefire, I guess. Yeah, like so, you cooperate in some kind of way where you can't physically uh, damage specific people on the enemy team because you know you're working together to go and get this objective or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm just thinking of ways that could work. 
um it can be fun you know i mean that's what war's about you know you hire mercenaries you know there might be some uh you know there's always some dodginess that goes on i guess as well but i don't know i think that's quite an interesting idea that could come out of that uh actually to be fair what it would be <laughs> yeah. i have no idea <laughs> um, I just want to respond real quick to someone in the chat. Like uh, Etop is saying, I understand why people are against faction lock, but the arguments against it feel very much like uh, I don't get to do what I want to do. Um, Etop, I don't, don't want to call you out, but this is the thing. There was a faction lock pretty much until 2016. They made one Tamriel um, play who he wants, play with who he wants. And people wanted to like play other factions because one faction was totally dominating. PvP would be incredibly boring. And it's not necessarily something like that. It is that I grind my ass off on all those characters. I find PvE boring. And now all those characters are, like, useless to play, really, for me. And I can play again with all the friends I made. I'm being forced to, like... Like, 70% of my characters are being locked up because there is only one active real campaign that is going on for PvP. Mm -hmm. And all those characters that I grind on the other factions... I can play those. I like the variety. What if DC is totally dominating the map? I can go to the other faction because I'm faction locks. And if you, you know, if you like to play objective, what some people do like to play, if the world map is blue, like you got nothing to do. What you're going to do is stand in front of the gate. It's like one of the most boring things, like gate camping or anything like that. So if PvP is my primarily focus and I can do yeah. PvP, well, yeah, of course it sucks because that's what I play the game for. Mm. Yeah, again, it's different people's different people's goals in the game, and yeah, it is very difficult. Because then, like you say, I mean, if you were if, like if it was at the beginning of the game, then you wouldn't have picked those those characters. But then again, you're, but then again, you're it not... was in the beginning of the game, and that's why my characters in the beginning were oh, DC. It was in the beginning. It was much more grind intensity, ah, but okay. my first character was my DC Templar and a DC Sorcerer because. Even PvE content was locked up to your own faction. Mm -hmm. Like, you could go to the other zones, but you had to do, like, Catwall Silver and Gold. That was the only way to gain. And you would not even encounter people from the other faction. So all your friendships were overall on one faction. Right. Uh, one right. Tamriel, you actually were able, like, to do also PvE content with other members. But PvP still stayed, like, within that group. Interesting. One, kind of, you know, on the same topic, of course... One thing that I do wish that they they did instead of the actual straight hardcore faction lock is if you have players that are switching between factions, don't give them access to the leaderboard. Don't let them get a chance yeah. to get amp. Mm -hmm. Don't let them pick up the uh, the weapon, maybe, the, art, the new artifact that was implemented. Restrict some things because I honestly was hoping that like I was going to be able to enter whatever campaign I wanted to as long as I didn't home a campaign. So like, dude, like, just take away, take my, my rewards of the worthy. Take yeah, away yeah. my end of the campaign rewards. Just, just focus. let me be able to do what I want, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But um, obviously, I, I don't even think that's ever going to happen. But I think that would be really ideal because, I honestly speaking, if they, even if they did take away the rewards that we got, a lot of us don't care because the rewards aren't that great. There's just like we're not losing too much. The end of the campaign rewards, they're mm. just not not even that great. If there's something like master's weapons like we had before, then that would kind of force people to to actually faction lock. Like, yo, I want to help DC and I want to get these master weapons. Like, if people were 
dropping the the chance to get those big big rewards mm. just to play with the friends and let them like I, think so. I just think they should have just locked the leaderboards instead of the actual factions yeah. itself it's interesting and etio but I, I you know i completely see your point of view as well i i agree with both of you i think that's that's very um and this is someone in the chat if you're listening elsewhere member of our community um uh, he he who makes a new point uh, makes a point again as a newer player as well which is very important to take on everyone's uh, point of view new and old because at the end of the day we all play the game um it is just like when we kind of discussed that very very uh very briefly about just faction swapping because you want to join the winning team or whatever as well and that's why it's kind of in there that's one of those reasons so it's a valid point completely but i think you know everyone's points are valid um because it will come from different different walks of life within the mode or within different goals in the game or, or whatever you know it's it's like how do you how do they win how do they because i think it, there's no pleasing everyone there, there is not there's too many people you know there's too many people from too many places yeah. around the world like how can you possibly um you know appease that many people you're always gonna let someone down um and that's where yeah, and appealing to the masses the is, is the is the oh. thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, in, in terms of picking the winning side, and what Lord Zilli said, take away like rewards, leaderboards, then you already sold that. And in regards of the game itself, seems to want to people actually pick a side. Um, totally not. It was one of the main complaints of the game mm-hmm. that if you want to pick the faction, you couldn't play with your friends. That's why, like 2016, I literally is one Temriel. Like, the whole faction thing has already been removed, and they are now bringing it back in such a way it's it's just bad on their end, to be honest. And right. uh, someone doesn't have access something. to those resources of people. Like, uh, personally, I think the people who, like, used to faction up, they were overall, like, balancing, because people don't jump to the winning side. They jump to the losing side. Like, the PvPers, they jump to the losing side. They don't jump... Uh, um, if DC is like almost 80% of the map, people, I don't see anyone jumping into DC and be like, hey, let's take the rest. <laughs> they jump to like the losing EP or AD side, and that way they, I have actually seen people balance the map out more, and that way it's more enjoyable. Because if you have one faction totally dominating, and that's something we saw like a lot in 2014 15, um, they would literally have the gates, all the scrolls, emperor, and you would jump out of your base, and there would be like 10, 20 people there. It, it was like huh. Sparta 300 with snipes, man. Like, literally. Yeah. You see all those snipes coming in, you're dead. Yeah. You quit a campaign. Is, it, is, is there anywhere where you can see stats for previous seasons? Previous campaigns for, like, since for like that time? I think there used to be. I think there used to be something in, in terms of um, campaign wins. There was something, but... I don't know. It was also a really old topic, topic like I think called Tornblade. That was one of the first campaigns. Or yeah. Wabajack Tornblade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was old forum topics, but they were they were fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I think I know what kind of fun that would mean. But I mean, it would be interesting to no, see. They, they had like a stats. They had like stats in there. Um, for right. example, AD used um, 2014. AD won like ten months in a row. So. Uh, I was DC, and I was like, I want to win this campaign, man. I want to win this campaign right. now. you were trying to take you know? away from him. See, it would be interesting to see where those changes came in and what, what how close point in, in terms of points score different alliances were and whether or not it really did affect 
people taking sides more specifically and you know do you know what i mean like it would just be interesting to see i mean obviously players coming in and out people leaving there's so many factors oh, but, yeah yeah i mean it, it's just like how what was the difference in terms of point score for each alliance when you know it was locked where you know you couldn't yeah. change alliance it what wasn't was like locked where... though it was the it was so it was so hard to level a character um so like i think veteran rank 12 back then which by the way once you're level 50 you had veteran rank 12. Yeah. i think veteran rank 12 could be like maybe the equivalent of cp 600 800 maybe even oh, wow. uh, without wow. training gear or experience potions and it's per character it wasn't like once you're oh. veteran rank it wouldn't be mean level 50 you veteran rank 12 no you had to do all the veteran ranks so it was very grind intensive and so people would have one or two characters, and because you didn't really talk to the other factions, I guess, um, I, I, did, I just didn't take the risk of making an EP character. Like I, I made like level 30s, but I never made max levels. Because all my friends, PvE, PvP, guildmates, traders, everything was in DC. Mm -hmm. So even though there was no faction locking, there were a couple of people who maybe faction jumped. Um, it was just everyone had their whole social status on one faction. Right, okay. And with CP, it's just so easy to make a new yeah. character. And that's when faction hopping really became a thing. Right. Ha. Huh. That's interesting. See, I didn't um, know that. I didn't actually know that, in all honesty. Yeah, so there is just no real like incentive to go and play on another faction because of how long it took you to level up a character. Mm. That's why he's, he's pretty much just putting together. Um, I had two DC at the time and I, it was it, there was one templar and it was a dk and i never even hit like veteran rank 12 but i was grinding on the game so hard and i didn't even think about making other factions even though there wasn't a, like actual faction lock restriction back then it was just so rough and so time consuming to try to get the max rank and then go use master weapons at vr14 and all that man it was just there is no 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 real point. And then the time that you spend on like a DC character leveling, you make DC friends. Why would you go in and try to go level an EP and then not play with your friends, you know? Like that's that's how it was back then. Now it's a really simple thing. You hit level fifty, max level, got all your CP, you're good. But um yeah. with faction lock they kind of removed that. But like Another thing about faction hopping is that people would get mad that people would switch to the winning faction. Well, the people switch to the winning faction because they want the rewards. Like kind of like what I was saying earlier, if you uh, just lock the leaderboards. So even if they do switch over, they don't get anything for it. Mm. Like a lot of people last minute, and I completely understand it. Like let's say AD was dominating the map 24-7 the whole campaign, but they were DC. What do you see later? You see that same player go to, to AD from EP or DC because, oh, this faction is winning. Let me get the golden jewelry. Let me get the rewards. And uh, let me just say that I was part of AD last campaign and we won. If you, if, you restrict the, if you restrict the leaderboards, the only thing they did was play with AD. Mm. They didn't necessarily win the fact, win because they didn't get the rewards. They didn't get the little, like, not really a medal but they didn't get anything to really showcase for, for their win. So if you did lock leaderboards, less people would be faction hopping. Right. The only thing that 
people did hate about faction hopping was like what Ruben said earlier, uh, people grabbing a scroll and running it back to yeah. to the enemy. And but you're just that being like bannable, in my opinion. If you like literally do it like that, maybe if you if you do it straight like that, then honestly, like person's kind of a a, a butthead. Let's not use some <laughs> language here. I personally don't care for, it, but honestly, for other people, I understand it makes people mad. Yeah, and it's a really big troll thing. But what I've done with my groups is I will take an enemy scroll and not necessarily we not necessarily run it back to our home keeps right away. We'll stop by other places and try to use the scroll as bait to get more fights. Done that many times and farmed so many times with scrolls because people tunnel vision that's when they tunnel vision the most. It's like yo, we gotta catch them to the scroll. We gotta get to the scroll. Yeah. While they're tunnel vision, they're not thinking they get they get killed. Mm. Like they just get smacked because we have the scroll and it's just like they want it that badly where they tunnel vision and they're not paying attention too much. But um, I do yeah, understand, like, that I would go into EP territory with a DC scroll, not to give it to EP, but to get fights because we have to make fights. That's constantly. how much you had to do. Yeah. You had to do to that's make how, fights. That's how, well, I guess the word, it, it's not really desperate, but at the same time, yes. And you're getting great AP farm. But I agree with that. But then it's the thing yeah. overall. Um, you are the team who's taking the scroll. It's not like you let one old DC team take the scroll and the scroll gets dropped and you quickly relock, pick up the scroll and just ruin it that way, you know. Like scroll farming is totally different because you, you actually put in the effort to take the scroll. Uh, you didn't just lock out and walk the scroll back, you know. Like that is a whole different thing. Like totally, yeah. Okay. I mean that that is like the only issue I personally have with like uh, faction hopping. But then again, mm-hmm. that There's is always, if someone like walk I mean, it back on purpose, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I sound, mean, I personally didn't care sounds... about it anymore the last few years. But yeah. if people like put in like an hour long fight or two hours like taking the keeps and then get the scroll back and there's just someone who relocks, picks up the scroll and walks it back to the base, that's extremely frustrating. That's where it's messed up, one hundred percent. I mean, someone mentions it. I'm going to, I'm going to move the topic on because I think we could probably talk about this for a while again. Someone made a point in chat uh, saying that if they'd done their job, then, you know, it kind of almost wouldn't have happened in the first place. That is a very difficult thing to track. I mean, you can track someone's movements and everything like that, but tracking that many people necessarily, and like like Zell said, you know, sometimes they would do it to to get fights. What happens if you ban someone who is just trying to, you know, essentially trying to instigate something or trying to get fights and stuff like that? You know, it's very difficult thing to track. Like sometimes it might be really really obvious, and there might be loads of reports, but it's very it's very difficult to track i don't think this is an easy i don't think it's a lazy thing because you got to you wouldn't be able to see it in their lock like if someone relocked or anything like that i don't know i mean i mean i can how many resources i can agree with that though like i have seen it was sometimes so obvious though i've seen being so so obviously like literally people who made ep the whole time defending the keep Mm. and then they are suddenly on the dc character picking up their ep scroll and they walk back (laughs) I mean, like, people would be banned for like, that, though, weren't they? Were there, were people just no, they were not banned. No, they were just free to go, like, wall zone chat raging, report, report, and I just saw that guy logging in again the next day, you know? Right. So... One thing that I 
thought, and I thought this forever ago when I did care about stuff like that when I was running Zergs. I think there should be like a scroll pickup like cooldown. Like if you if you did if you just relogged to another faction to pick up that scroll and take it back to your faction to be like a little sneaky spy or something, you know, um, make it to where they can't pick it up if they just logged in. If they weren't part of that fight, if they didn't kill people yeah, actively yeah, yeah, during yeah. that fight, don't let them pick up the scroll. Don't give them the ability to pick and it, it can, up. And you can track the account. I mean, you can just track mm -hmm. the account, right? I mean, you could you you just see the app. log and be like, yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I thought that would have been neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank amazing. you. Decent. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. like that. Those lines, yeah. How long would that take to Again, I'm not a programmer. I'm not a dev. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that kind of stuff takes to implement. I mean, it could be it could be stuff that's under layers and layers and layers of code uh, that could take. I mean, because I I mean I know, I know that some systems that are you know we might we might be like I mean I know this for a fact in Guild Wars too, for example. Um, they're trying to put Swiss style tournaments in instead of single elimination. Uh, it's been like almost a year because this stuff is so difficult to implement because it's under so many layers of code and stuff. And they've got other resources where they have to put people. But again, you know, it's been a certain amount of time and maybe it's something sometimes at the time you just don't think, you know, this might be worth it long the time down the line. Um, and you have to make those decisions of like this stuff can come in sooner if we dedicate like this amount of people. Um, I can't even, even imagine how annoying those kind of decisions are to make. Um, and I think as I've got more involved in talking to the developers about their processes um, and about, you know, how things work in terms of all the way from the top and marketing and community and numbers all the way down to where a dev is doing the work, there's so much bureaucracy and stuff that you have to go through. Um, to maybe so and, and i guarantee you there will be a large portion of people who probably work there who might agree with you who want to do that work but literally can't um and sometimes that is that is almost how it goes as well and it's unfortunately it gets frustrating for everyone i think into a degree and i'm not putting um that i'm not trying to put the words in, in the mouse of zos or anyone here specifically but you know i can imagine that might be the kind of case and it's difficult um I'm going to move on again. <laughs> Another one. Um, I think we're going to try and actually wrap it up. Even though I've got a few bits to talk about still. Mm. They're not like things that we can... Because otherwise we're going to be going into three hours and this could be the longest one we've had. Um, I one hour for each participant. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Gan's then. not even here. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. We managed to go this far. Um, there was some really, there was some stuff, uh, some really, really basic stuff that I wanted to mention that I kind of felt was missing from Cyril. I thought would be very, very good, and I don't even know if this stuff exists um, because I haven't really had access to it. But stuff for, and it's more of a suggestion slash improvements for Cyril. But it was stuff like knowing where your own faction is potentially on the map, and I guess that's one reason that isn't not something that you can see is because of like i guess the faction swapping before because you could probably see where people are um whether or not it's uh you know party leaders maybe and don't see the numbers and there's a marker there's a party here there's a group here and whatever and you can't see the numbers of those people but indicators something a little bit more interactive on the map to make that feel because when i when i log in and i go into cyrodiil and i look at the map 
the only indication of where things are going on is a little explosion on a keep. And it's like, unless I, unless I know that typing LFG is going to get me in a group invite because of the auto invite uh, feature, which is an add-on, um, you're not really going to know where to go and how to get involved in that kind of thing. So I was thinking, um, and this was even a lot farther stretched idea as, as just a random idea. Uh, there was like a if they had like an lfg tool where you know you're looking for a group for a dungeon you're looking for a group for bgs you get put in there and whether or not you're in cyrodo and you just pop a lfg queue and you get into a group quickly like you just get people grouped up in some kind of warfare that's specific to them so you could have like you know havoc group lfg large scale warfare lfg small scale warfare lfg you know and people had open groups and you could get assigned to different features within Cyrodiil that you would actually want to play. I mean, I don't know if that's just a stupid idea. I just felt like it was something where you could assign players because a lot of the time when I'm running around in Cyrodiil, I just see people running around randomly. <laughs> they just don't like, they're almost like they don't know where they're going or they're always on their way to somewhere, but they're never quite there. I don't know. Is that anything that would be useful? It's just something that I've thought about. I don't know. So... The community itself, if, if people don't know, there is an add-on out there called Auto Invite, by the way, that mm. some people do use uh, to easily get into these groups. So when they type X, it'll it'll kind of like macro the group invite, not necessarily macro as in usability. Still, to just invite you to the group automatically when you type a specific, uh, yeah, uh, like quoted word or something. So there is stuff like that out there, but I don't know how this worked. But there is like, isn't there like a a Citadel Q like finder. Didn't they add something like that in the game and no one just ever used it? Is there actually yeah, one? There's a grouping tool for Citadel. That's what people don't realize. There's an actual grouping tool for Citadel. I don't remember how it works, but it's what? in the game. Yeah, it's in the game. Yeah, that's how much people that's like how... slash use it. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how little it works. It's just I remember when it was introduced, and I huh. kind of thought to myself, I was like, yo, this is cool. And you can't necessarily, like, search, uh, like, guilds and stuff, but you can basically add yourself. I think it was like you add yourself in a queue, and they, bam, you, you get applied to to some other big group, as long as the group lead was participating in it or something. There was something yeah, like that. Yeah, as long as it was an open still in. group or something. Yeah. It just, it wasn't used. But they is do it have in the something game like still? hmm It was like a, you didn't really? have to download anything at all for it. Yeah. And to add on to that, wow, there was okay, auto invite. In the yeah, <laughs> there was auto invite ran by groups as well. So with the the LFG tool, yeah, that the game came with, and then the auto invite, you think that issues like that would be soft, mm. or you you know where to go, etc. But um, the only other way to really determine, and it, you could always ask Zone Chat, yo, where the fight is at. Yeah, you know, always yeah, be like, yeah. hey, yeah. man, where are the fights at? Some people will be kind of like, you know, my, my language, uh, smartass, and they'll be like, oh, well, look at the map. Sometimes you can't really tell. Like, something will be flagged, but you go there, the fight's not, uh, the fight's over yeah, pretty it's much. Delayed. You know? Yeah, Um, There is cross swords on the map. Mm. They get bigger depending on how big the fight is. Mm. But even then, if you're like... By the time you get there, like, like, like you say, like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's gone. And the fight's pretty much over. Mm. You can kind of always assume that there's always going to be fights in between two keeps that are different factions, so you yeah. just be in the middle somewhere. But 
finding fights, it it all comes down to how not how bad you really want to fight, but it all comes down about using your resources. Mm. Asking people in zone chat is literally it's there available for you. Just ask someone and just ignore the smart ass people because I see it all the time. People being like complete like <laughs> My, I mean, it's not even, just being trolls. It's still percentage just being of people that talk in the zone chat are mm-hmm. Smart asses, I would say, yeah. <laughs> including including you, maybe me sometimes. But like, no, actually, no, it's bullshit. I'm. I'll, I'll tell you this, kind of like on the same topic. My ignore list is three people. I've played this game for years. I have like literally like six thousand hours. That's almost like that's over two hundred in-game like playtime days. Um, and who are those people on my ignore list? The people from the same faction as me. Because that's just how toxic and trolly they are to other people. If people don't have yeah, anything to yeah, really yeah. contribute and they're always trolling people, I just put them on ignore. So you're saying don't this is a good again. thing that you've only got three people on your ignore list? I I I'd say so because I yeah. I don't take crap from anyone hate tell wise. When yeah. I get a hate tell, there's days where you know I get I get upset at it, like oh you're cheating, which isn't really a thing by the way. Yeah. Um. You know those I'm just like. I kind of shrug those off, and there's also okay. days where I just kind of troll them, and it's just like you can tell they're mad, and it's like, dude, like come in for a bro hug, bro. Like it's not that serious, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like, I, <laughs> I try to that. like literally like try to joke around with them, and next thing yeah. you know, I made a friend from the other faction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like those zone chat trolls, man. Like I have more people on ignore for my own faction than I do other factions. Interesting. That's literally it. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty good. I like it. Okay. Um. Yes. What are you gonna talk about? <laughs> I, there's so many things, but I think I'm gonna have to start wrapping <laughs> yeah, it up. It's, 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 you it's look so serious at me, man. I'm you just like, I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the thing, me, Jake. I'm like. Uh, I don't know if I should be going on to some of these. And then it's been like three hours and I want you guys to either get mm-hmm. sleep or have a Sunday. <laughs> um, so that was... Already 11 p.m., so... Oh, yeah, you're already almost in bed, aren't you, Jesus? <laughs> for Zell, no, it's, for, for him, it's the daytime. Yeah. He's probably got sunshine. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to wrap it up with one more question. Let's have a look. Uh, I think a lot of these we've actually kind of covered in all honesty um i don't know if i should end with the macros question i can explain how it's not really beneficial real quick yeah so from what i've gathered from everybody and this actually does make sense and this is why i do agree with it and this is why i tell people macros macroing and eso pvp specifically does not help you because of global cooldowns okay if you have a set set rotation, I'm going to tell you this right now, that set rotation is really limiting your potential. If, let's say, I'm playing a Stamplar, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to press this button, and I'm going to do three jabs in a row. Yeah. Okay, let's be real. When you're fighting, it's not all just about just, just attacking. You need to know mm. when to heal. You need to be able to heal on time. All of that depends on reactions if your opponent starts fighting back you don't want to get stuck in this little macro 
and literally be stuck not healing. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're, it, it all depends on what's going on in the moment. Yeah. If you have something set up macro wise, dude, like it's going to screw you over in the long run. You can't chuck a block even, in. Not even in the long run. It's just going to mess you up immediately. Yeah, yeah. So macroing is like more, it, to me, sounds like it's, it's more of a Zergy, like a large scale fight when you want to just get a cheap kill, right? If it's cheeky, if it even works, yeah. macroing because of global cooldowns, like I said, it really limits not just the skill but what the player can do in general. Mm. It'll really like it. It doesn't. It doesn't benefit you. Right. It, it really doesn't. There is no special rotation you do every time repeatedly over and over in Cyrodiil. There's an initial rotation, and you should know when to burst, etc. Like that, it gets more mm -hmm. more in depth. But it's all based on reaction. If you're set to do the same thing over and over again, and the enemy you're fighting is, you know, he's not on that same set rotation, your set rotation is not going to help you in every situation mm -hmm. at all. So it really limits you, man. You go from sure. like a book that speaks that went from speaking um, multiple languages to just one. Yeah, and mm -hmm. like let's say you run into someone that speaks uh, Spanish, for example, it's not going to help you there. If you just stick to just that one thing over and over again, it's not going to help you. Mm. So macroing in this game, PvP wise, just doesn't benefit you. And if you get mad at people and it's like, oh, they're macroing, <laughs> realize that well, really they're probably matter. not, honestly. And don't confuse macroing with animation yeah, counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Zoss literally like kind of promoted that. Yeah. for a while animation canceling but it, it doesn't help Wing does not help the player there you go Ruben do you want to add anything um well actually uh Lord Zilli actually makes a good good point here it actually kind of changed my view on it actually like what he said that <laughs> you the other way like, you know actually, like yeah I, I can totally see where it comes from I agree with him 100% so he actually like I never thought about it like that way you know my, my fault was just uh, macro bats, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like that. But that's mm. actually a really good point. I actually really like that. I never thought about it like that way. It's a good point because PvP is about reactions. It's about yeah. movement. It's about, you know, survivability. And, you know, if you can't chuck a block out, you can't dodge because you're stuck in an animation. If you are stuck literally doing something that, you know, and in this, like, before I knew how to cancel animations, I'd be mm -hmm. stuck in something for, like, two or three seconds, and I would die in PvE, you know? Let alone that. I need to chuck a block in so I can stop it. What if I'm stuck in a macro that's, like, two or three abilities? I can't do shit, and I'm dead. And it's like, yeah, makes sense. It's a good, really simple, good explanation. So if you're moaning about it, know that, one, that player isn't probably going to ever improve if they keep doing it. So if you ever meet him in a 1v1 situation or try and get him in that situation, you know, say to him, do you want to duel me, bro? That's probably the only situation where you're going to win. You'll be like, you know, you might be able to win because he'll only be able to play one way. Uh, and they won't improve. So even if they do wreck you, uh, the chances are that you're going to surpass their skill level anyway because you're learning how to adjust to different situations, you know, whether or not it's... Uh, fights where you're playing outnumbered, whether or not it's Zerg, whether or not it's small scale, they will always play this exact same way, no matter what. Um, because they they want to just try and do it easy mode, whereas it's not actually that beneficial. Very good point. Easy. Not that one on the head. Um, <laughs> uh, da -da -da -da. 
Okay, so tell me before we end, something that you really enjoy. The one thing you really, really, really gets you going. <laughs> that gets you going. That you really enjoy. Before we stop the podcast, something that you really love about Cyrano. Why you are still playing it. Why you still enjoy it. Um, as because you just, you're both still playing, so you must you must enjoy it for some reason. Uh, as Ruben's changed his head. <laughs> I, I still, like, I, I rarely play Sourdough actually nowadays, but I can like still answer it, of course. Okay, okay, yeah. well. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I mean, uh, just, just give the guys, I never said that. Like. <laughs> I'm gonna, I can't edit this, so you did. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna get, all right, Ruben, you can start. You can tell me. Yeah, addiction, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <gotta> stop. <laughs> Um, but but if, even if you think about you know when you do go in, what is that? What is that reason that you still play it? Why do you like it? What is the enjoyment you do get from it when you get the enjoyment? Well, like it gets really cold here in the winter, so I like to get myself mad and then I feel warm again. So no, the, the main reason for me. <laughs> No, Ruben, you don't understand how this is supposed okay. to work. <laughs> You're supposed to say something positive so we can end on a high note. <laughs> At least we're laughing. At least we're laughing. What I really love about Solo is like the large scale action warfare you get with it. Yeah. Like, uh, I personally really enjoy the large scale action, mm-hmm. um, just as a small scale action, you know. One moment you can be sieging the keep with 40 faction members, you see like uh, the siege are going off the list that's on all sides, and then you try to maybe run through the gate, maybe you succeed, maybe you just get like wrecked with some meteors, mm-hmm. but then you can like get through it, you can do some small skill on the walls, and try to pick up the sieges, help your faction that way, um, but you, you could also have people try to burn down your camp in the back, so you defend your camp, so... It greatly variates. Like you don't know what you're running into. To yeah. uh, one moment you are maybe you die and you respawn at the outpost, or you travel back, you get ganked. Uh, then you are with five versus five. It's constantly changing, and you just don't know what you're running into. To whereas with battlegrounds and stuff, you know what's going to happen after the first two minutes. So it is constantly evolving. Then it's sieging. Then you then you are maybe ganking. Then you are defending. Then you are attacking. And that's what I absolutely love about Sarudil. And just the action around it, you know, you see uh, you see a fight going on over there, you see some siege, you see siege going over your head, back and forth, oil being dropped, uh, toxic zone chat, everything. Makes it complete, man. That's <laughs> an experience. So, I guess part of my experience is that, that we know the general idea of what we're expecting in PvP, but yeah, it is mixed up a lot. But what actually keeps me going and the reason why i do play this game still is that just an example my whole night can be really 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 shitty pvp the moment i get that good fight man it's a good fight there's literally been times where i jump out my chair and i'm like yo let's go like i'm i get hyped because the fight was just so good we just took out this group of like 20 people instantly instead of having a long fight it's just like bam clap and then there's also those great moments like um I was watching he's actually in the chat, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up. Uh Pale Orc mm-hmm. was oh, yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. the big fights yesterday, and oh my god, I felt like I was watching a movie. There was no lag, 
the and everything looked so smooth, man. Like it was perfect. I was sitting here, he had the music blasting. And it's just like, yo, like this is it, man. Like <laughs> it's it's badass, man. And it got me hyped. I was sitting in my chair, like, oh my god, bro. I was like, let's go, dude. Like I was getting hyped just watching his stream. <laughs> but what keeps me going is those good fights. Yeah. Regardless of the size. If we get a good fight, man, you know, I'm all about trying to get small scale. But yeah, there's there's times where I run larger groups and we fight other big groups. It's it's whatever, you know. But the whole night can be like twenty terrible fights in the row. The moment we get one good fight, man, like my night's complete. It can just outbalance everything anyway. Yeah. Okay. It's like all the rage is gone. It's like, you know, guys, that's it, bro. Let's call it there. Let's leave it on a good note. That was badass. Good good stuff. And let's just call it night. It was it was a good night. Bam. Good stuff. I like it. And that's what I wanted to do. Ta da <laughs> There is a load more <laughs> load more stuff that we could talk about mm-hmm. and there's there's the rabbit hole of everything that we could go down, but we're not gonna have enough time. Maybe we could do yeah. that again in the future. But that's pretty damn good. That was enjoyable. Damn. I can't believe we went on as long as we did. That time oh, that went again. quick. <laughs> that went quick. Jesus. Yeah. That's almost three <laughs> hours. That's the longest podcast we've had. And it's on one mode in the game. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Right. I'm, well, I'm not that's... sure if that is positive for us or not. Huh? Either we are uh-huh. like really interesting or we are really long talkers. No, I've, I was <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you guys are just playing mainly that most of the time, then I guess you could talk about it for a long time. Either way, we're done. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add uh, in short? <laughs> no. Short. In short, if there's anything you want to say to people about Cyrodiil specifically. Um, in short, just a quick tip to, to players in general. No matter how much you die, just note that it's going to be part of the game. You're going to die over and over and over. But in the long run, just try to still enjoy the game, stick with it, and like eventually your mechanics will come together and you can really enjoy the game a lot more. It's just all about sticking and keep going and going. Even if you're taking those L's here and there, it's just part of life. It's part of the game itself. There's life advice from Zell as well there. Right. It almost sounds like my love story. You're going to die and die again inside, but... Just keep trying. Wow. <laughs> no, just, keep, just keep trucking, bro. <laughs> That's true. Let, He's not wrong. Don't let He's his not wrong. get to you. There you go. And Ruben, do you want to add anything? No, I uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, uh, I really did enjoy the podcast. Uh, like, Lord Zilli with, for example, with the macros. Like, some things I was like, oh, wait, you know, actually right with that. Or, That's a good no, point. Sounds- so, that was actually really nice. I really enjoyed it. And... Just talking with you guys was really chill, relaxed. So, really enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no worries, baby. Yeah, it was, it was great, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a fun time. It's nice. Um, and where can we find you, Zell? Where can we find you on Twitter, Twitch, or YouTube? Everything is uh, Lord underscore Zelly, except for on Twitter. Twitter, it's Lord underscore Zelly PVP because if you go to just Lord underscore Zelly, yeah, it's like them. this. Someone else took the account and it's like a spam account. So I'll just ignore that one. 
just got a Lord Zelda PvP. It's, it's not but, you. It's not actually you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, on YouTube, just type in Lord Zelda, maybe ESO. I do have like a decent following on YouTube now. I, I'm a YouTube partner. I uh, went and grinded my butt off with a bunch of Stamplar videos. But you can find me on YouTube. Just look up Lord Zelda. And uh, Twitch, obviously, Lord underscore Zelda. It's all pretty much the same everywhere. Nice. So you know, I gotta say, the Lord Zelly Twitter is pretty cool. <laughs> I just looked it up. Um, yeah. Uh, my uh, Twitch is twitch.tv, Ruben Sky, Rubensky, whatever you want to call it, you know. So if you know how to type it, that's the most important part. And um, Twitter is at Rubensky underscore Twitch. Because Ruben, Ruben Sky was taken as well. I have no idea what that one actually looks. Okay. okay, there you go. Awesome stuff. So go and follow these guys. Uh, and also my stuff is all below the stream. But if you are listening to this everywhere, it's at JebroUnity on Twitter. It's twitch.tv slash JebroUnity as well. This podcast happens every two weeks. Uh, it's not specific on what we cover. It just covers Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I enjoy the game. I like talking about the game. I like talking to people who are dedicated to their mode or to their faction or to their style of play and and, and that's what we want to do we want to try and capture those that enthusiasm and that joy for it whether or not you know they're happy or they're sad or they're in between it doesn't matter it's always good to get different opinions and that's what i like to do I like to talk to people so uh you know our community knows that as well anyway um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, that is the end of the podcast this week. We'll be back in about two weeks where I think um, we'll be talking about the Necromancer as it will be out on all of the all of the things, all of the consoles and PC for about two weeks. And I think by that time, people will start to gauge uh, fully the class um, and its potential and, you know, what's strong, what's weak. Maybe there's some fixes will come in by that time. We will have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, we've, we've, uh, you have to be careful with an expansion in any game. The new thing is always very, very powerful because you have to sell it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of almost what the way it works, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that one could be a long one. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, thank you guys again for joining me. 